Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. This is RJ Bell's Dream Preview. However, no RJ this week, but the, the wise guy roundtable is intact. To my right, the only two-time Super Contest champion, Mr. Steve Fezzik. Fez, hello, my friend. Time to start signing up for those contests. We're only a couple weeks away. Oh, no doubt. And to my left, from the Vegas Sports and Information Network, Mr. Scott Seidenberg. So what percentage can I get on the on the buy-in this year? On the, the gold? For the Super the Contest gold? gold? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever you want. Right. If you got five thousand dollars, just 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 ante up. Okay. So I te- technically I could have like the entire buy-in if I pay the entire buy-in. Not? Probably yeah. won't let you. All right. So it's 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 going to be pro. Yeah, How many point. contests do you think about getting? In? Uh, <laughs> less than I did last year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> probably just maybe honestly only one maybe. How come? Because last year, um, my college football record would have placed me very well in the William Hill contest that I did not enter. And this year I want to enter the college football contest. And it's just budgeting. Correct. If you, if you your first year of, of doing these contests, Fez, like did you did you have were you successful year one the first time you jumped in one of those contests? No, I moved to town two thousand one. There weren't all these contests. So there was like the South Point had a contest and and Westgate had a contest, mm-hmm. and so I, I entered my fifteen hundred, and I don't recall cashing anything until you know two thousand and seven. You know? Oh, okay. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So, but so it, I, was I, it was it like did it turn you off the first couple times that you didn't cash in those, and you're like, oh, I could use this money for my week to week betting mm. versus the contests? N- no, because I actually got into like arguments and fights with people. Like I was like, this is just the biggest dead money contest you've ever seen. You think poker? tournaments have dead money. These, these people have no idea what they're doing. And people would, I, I said, the ROI is like 100%. And people would like argue with me like, that's ridiculous. It can't possibly be 100%. Well, then I won the South Point twice. And then things, people stopped arguing with me. Thank goodness. You know, <laughs> but it's like when you're, saying, when you're saying, and, and this is the thing, like with poker, if you say, oh, this is a, an easy game, you could go in there, you can, you can rake no matter what. Even good players are going to go into that game and not cash you know, five times in a row sometimes, and it's like eight times in a row. But yeah. does it doesn't matter? It doesn't change your ROI. Not being right, you know, sure. It's, it's, it's sky, high. I would make the case, Scott, that whatever you got to do, beg, borrow, steal yeah. the money to get in every possible contest. Because and 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 again, like you bring up, like the gold, mm-hmm. like like don't don't beat your chest and say I want to put in two thousand. Yeah, put in two hundred. Now you're a partner. Yeah, you can. You'll always be able to say sure. I won the gold. Exactly. I mean, Brady Cannon and, and was have, a one fifth of his yeah, of I, his super. He's, he's a super contest correct, winner. Correct. And I. I I do have to actually, within the next couple of weeks, really formulate my contest plan and things like that. Because last year, last year I did both circuit contests, Millions and Survivor. Didn't obviously didn't get back any money in either of them. Survivor, I made it until week nine when the Cowboys lost to the Broncos as the double digit favorite. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much, Dak. Um, this year, and and again, my regret was I didn't want to do. I think it was the Golden Nugget has the combined where you make seven picks a week and it can be college or pro. And I didn't want to do that because I didn't want to be forced to make seven selections a week Uh, because I felt that, you know, sometimes in college football, I only make two picks a week. And college football is my strongest handicap football-wise. And so I would want to make more college picks. And so I didn't uh, know because then my first year living in Vegas, I didn't know that there was a strict 
only college football contest, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm going to do. Plus, plus, there's there's issues that the more contests you enter, they have different deadlines, and it becomes yes. a job times five. Mm-hmm. So, like, I like I've never won last man standing, and I've never competed. Well, it's because I've never played. Because it's like a $25 entry fee. It's just too small to like, oh, let me just ignore my clients, ignore mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my, my $3,000 bets and drive to Green Valley Ranch to put in my – wait in line to put in my $425. Yeah. yeah, it's so stupid. So it's like literally by week three, I'd be like, it's – you know what? I can't go. Yeah. You like, know? That's what I'm saying for the college football. I'm handicapping college football anyway. So I'm handicapping my bets that I would make on a weekly basis that I want to enter a college football contest – to make to just my handicap is just one side. It's just one thing. Like this is what I'm doing, as opposed to now I gotta take a I gotta make an NFL survivor pick. I gotta make my college picks. Yeah. Now I gotta make my NFL best five picks for circa million. Different and, deadlines. Got to be. Yeah. You know, got to keep tweaking. You know, my number one. Like I, I hear this all the time. Like people will see me like on on Tuesday, and they'll be like, Oh, do you know who you're gonna play in the NFL contest this week? I'm like, I don't even know what the spreads are. Yeah. <laughs> even if I knew what the spreads are, I'd have no idea because yeah. the, the, the information changed. But now, like, I hear people like, I've already done all my work. I got my five. My, mm-hmm. I, I really like Boise State. I'm like, well, what happens if Boise State's quarterback falls through a window or they they go from minus 12 to minus 19 yeah. before they, the, 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 the spread comes out? You know? as, I offer, as, as a friend, yeah. I want to offer you my services, and I'll turn in your last man standing picks for you if you want. Done. There's good. a there's a casino right across no, we're the street done. from my house. Good, done. good, we're good. We'll yeah. partner. We'll partner up together. We'll I got add, you. We'll, we'll we'll put in five for you, five for me, and we'll go fifty fifty. Explain the last man standing. La- last man standing. You pick one from memory. You pick one game. Your best bet against the spread. Uh-huh. All right. Um, survive in advance. It's, it's like Survivor. It's the same yeah. as Survivor. Yep. Only. It's a, it's yeah. an against the spread Survivor mm-hmm. contest. Typically, someone wins like. End of November. Yeah, yeah. Win until guy goes like twelve and zero. Like until four thousand yeah, people. You play until you lose a game. Yeah, yep. there's four thousand people. What you got? Usually like week thirteen, someone mm-hmm. will, they'll be down to two people. And it's like, I, like you said, it's twenty five bucks. I think it's buy four get one free. Yes, they do. So promotion. yeah, so listen, it's a. Uh, for me, that one's convenient because it's is right it across the street from my NFL? house. They have they have one for college they have too. One for college, okay. Yeah. So, so like the key, the key here is that the more contests that you can enter, then it's just a matter of time until you win one or multiple yeah. ones. And now you put it on your resume. Like like it would have been. But very I really easy. want to focus on college football because that's you my don't strength need. Here. That's fine, yeah. but you don't need to focus on last man standing. It's like you're just throwing some just some one game. Just yeah. throwing some picks. So now, at what point does game theory come into play? Like, are you just trying to just you're trying to win every week? You're not trying to pick something contrarian to the to the crowd. Only when you're down to like the past, the, the yeah, yeah, the contrarian stuff's way overrated. So when do you, do you survive in advance? And when you get down to the final four, then you can start figuring out who to vote off the point, island. And that yeah, last man standing so, one has point, no game theory. But at that it's, point, you're guaranteed money because you could just bet off of it, right? You could just bet straight for the game. How much opposite you're going to do? How much you're going to bet? You said like well, I'm saying first, compared to what you could win. Well, you well, so first prize is fifty thousand. You say it's guaranteed. It's not so. It's not so obvious. So the, you, 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 and 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 two other guys uh-huh. are are alive. All right. Yep. What are you going to do? You pick. You pick team A. They pick teams X and, and Q. So what are you going to do? How how is anything guaranteed? So you, you bet. You you pick the game in the contest. Yep. And then you bet the other side. For as much as you can. Okay, and then how what much, happens if those other two te- those other two guys also win their games that week? And so you, you all do win. It uh, next you all win, and now you're yeah. now you're stuck ten grand. Yeah, you can see how sloppy this can get. Or you make your hedge bet for three thousand, and now all three of you lose, 
and now you win three thousand when you 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 should have hedged twenty five k in hindsight. You can see how hard it it can be. It's now, complicated. Mackenzie, uh, I saw last night on Twitter, Mackenzie's offering his services as a proxy for the Westgate contest because he's going to be out there anyway. And Mackenzie, what you're all, you're you're saying zero fee? Yes. You've got to get a piece of who if you're if you're the proxy for the winner. There's got to be something for you, right? Here's the trap I'm laying out. <laughs> I'm not telling them to give me 10% of their winnings, but after I dutifully go and submit those picks and they win hundreds of thousands of dollars, I'll just stand there smiling and assume that they're going to do the right thing and help so me out. So you're running a Super Bowl box pool, not taking anything off the top, and exactly. assuming that the winner is a reasonable person and tips the customary 10%. Tip your service staff. I yeah. think we we got to look deeper than this. And by the <laughs> way, if um, Andy Esco, um, friend of um, a pregame, um, is a has does a great job with proxies. Um, I know uh, Foxy Proxy. Um, people speak very well, well of her. Correct me if I'm wrong. They charge a fee. Correct. I'm 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 going to get your bread butter. Stick with it. <laughs> so, but what, McKen- but what Mackenzie is is doing it. This is very clever. He has no track record. So how could I possibly recommend someone like Mackenzie who's never done this before and isn't organized and isn't ramped up? However. This is will be his first year, and he'll proxy for like there'll be like fifteen. I mean, over under fifteen and a half. You can go over. I think under you got to cut it off at a certain point. Yeah, I've already told people at twenty, I'm I'm not doing it. So fifteen and a half is pretty good number, right? Yeah. And sure. to say that he's never done it before is false because he does it for us. That's one. Well, times five or whatever. So you're right; it is false. Here's the bottom line: so you do this, and now he's got a track record, and then next year he can go ahead and say, "Oh, my cutoff is Saturday at." At you know eleven, I can put or till ten. Give them an hour extra. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be there, and I'm going to charge the same as all the other proxy people. Minus, I'll charge fifteen percent instead of twenty percent or whatever they're charging, and I'll undercut them and give you twelve more hours. And then the Steve Fezzik's of the world will say you have to be an idiot to not use Mackenzie Rivers. But of course, if Mackenzie Rivers ever should sleep in, I'll never speak to him the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, which um, I, I got to emphasize: this is not a trivial thing. This is this is one more thing. One more Saturday night. That as soon as you, you as soon as you're doing this, but Mackenzie would argue, well, I'm doing it anyway. So, sure. So it doesn't matter. But but I mean, why would think about this? I talk. Why would you be? Why would you have a proxy that makes you submit your picks by f- 24 hours before the deadline? You're at such an inherent disadvantage. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, now it's like now it, it, Jamie Gold won the main event. Jamie Gold was submitting 24 hours before, effectively. You know, he wasn't as good a player, but he kept getting queens against jacks, and he wasn't terrible by any means. He but also, like, you have to think above average. If you say, okay, I've got to pay 20% for a proxy versus a free guy, and he's given me X, out, X minus hours. At what point is the tipping point from it being like worthwhile? Well, like, they're both better, so there is no tipping point. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> unless Mackenzie like like goes AWOL on me and gets arrested or something, everything should be fine. Are you kidding right? me? Look at that haircut. He's an oh, old man. Oh yeah. <laughs> have you tweeted that out yet, Mackenzie? I have not, dude. No. We gotta we gotta get this thing out there, Mackenzie. But Mackenzie looks like a new man. But Mackenzie, you're not going to get arrested, right? Have you seen the haircut? I cannot get arrested. That haircut does not get in trouble. Exactly. I, I, I talked to a cop at 4.30 a.m., and he said, hey, how you doing, man? And he, we talked about baseball and all kinds of things. <laughs> <laughs> that right. haircut is a functioning member of society. Uh, that's right. Mackenzie looks like I mean, you look like Todd Wishnev to me, Mazel Tov. I mean, that's just like, I just think you're seeing Wishnev everywhere. I think you are. Like I think he owns so, you like, right now. Oh, you think this is just a coincidence? So I got one guy tweeting like, like, deep, like deep dish pizzas. 
And then like one of the healthiest people in the world, Stor Stormy B, like she's in an airport and she tweets about Cinnabon. Yeah, like, like Stormy, I, I, don't, I can't pronounce her last name. Juan and Tony. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, <laughs> like she's like she's got her Cinnabon, you know, frequent eating card. I doubt that very, very I like, much. It's Cinnabon, she, I like the, only the Todd. middle part, like the only the soft part of the Cinnabons. They sell that like it's just it's almost like donut holes for cinnamon rolls. Oh, so good. One Cinnabon will gain you'll gain three pounds. What, I don't care. I don't care. It only says 1500. I saw you tweet out that you ate a pizza. One pizza. Was it a cauliflower pizza? Like you ate the whole pizza? Yes. Was your were your wife and kids gone? Like what? <laughs> it's a long story. Like how do you? Wow. I don't remember the last time that I like sat down by myself and ate a whole pizza. You're the guy that ate ate lamb chops. Yeah, Thursday. No, ate <laughs> <laughs> lamb chops at, at at Texas Deep Brazil, and that and that's you 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 had plenty of fillet also. But that the, here's the difference. It once once you've already, once you give your entry fee uh, at Texas Day Brazil, you you decide how much value you get out of that entry fee. So the once I you eat, once I pay my yeah. fifty five dollars, I'm gonna eat till I'm stuffed I, because I can't take it to go box. I had already purchased the large pizza, and as it turned out, I wound up being solo. But it, it was unanticipated. Was this the one pizza place that didn't have a to go box? I mean, I could have brought it back, but someone was going to eat it, and and yeah, maybe I didn't want to. Someone who's not in a weight loss challenge. I didn't maybe. want to disclose to my wife that I'm in a nine thousand dollar weight loss challenge and I'm having pepperoni pizza. Maybe oh, that was not a, now a strong the truth move. comes out. So now I'm looking for homeless so she's people to get the pepperoni pizza to from Water Street. It's excellent. I'm sure you've had it. Before. I have the she, one across the street from the pass. Yeah, yeah. They and they do have a gluten free pizza. But that's not it. what you had. No. You know, you had gluten. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It, I, I. So your wife's unaware of your that you're in. But this you contest? know, my wife, my my wife knows about it. My wife, that's why. My wife though loves the. Um, is it the Good Pie on Main Street? I think, or it's yeah, on the, the Good Pie on, in on, uh, Arts District. Yeah. Yeah, it's in Delicious. the Arts District. It's like 1200 Main Street, somewhere around there. They moved, so look look them up. But they have like, they have a Detroit yeah, style, very good pizza, mm -hmm. gluten free Detroit style oh, wow. pizza, okay. gluten free Detroit style. <laughs> what the I, hell's the crust made of? Uh, aphrodisiacs. I don't know. I don't, I don't like know. You can't. You, you, if you get that pizza, and by the way, guess how much? And, and it was not that big. Thirty-three dollars. Yeah, I believe it. Thirty-three dollars for four big squares. I believe it. I didn't have any of it. Johnny and my wife loved it. I like the uh, the Detroit style at, at Pizza Rock. Yeah. What so is Detroit? Just extra pizza sauce on top? It, no, no it's, it's, there is. They're but it's making like a, them like a buttered pan. And the it's, sides are like crunchy. Yeah, it's and, a little different than a Sicilian. Uh, I had so this it's like a good deep dish. I had this conversation with Las Vegas Chris like weeks, like month, a couple months ago. We we had a whole pizza debate. Um, but yeah, the the it's a different type of dough than you would for a regular Sicilian because it's a little more airy. Hmm. And um, so I guess they you know maybe allow the little it's a little wetter so the yeast you know creates little air pockets inside. Uh, now I'm getting all pizza. You're like inside a pizza based. scientist. I, listen, I managed the pizzeria for 18 <laughs> years of my life. So I know what I'm talking How about. How do you get here. the? Did you, did you That's where you got that accent. Did you, yeah. Well, on the East Coast, the water is already good, but here <laughs> yeah. you got to put minerals in it. That's what they do at, um, um, in the Summerlin joint. Um, gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. places that advertise, we Cat ship in the New water. York water. Yeah. Yeah, no, no they No, the crust. <laughs> yeah. the, the, they ship in the crust, but then the crust no, isn't fresh. Yeah, no, they don't. It's all nonsense. <laughs> all right. All so nonsense. last week, RJ, and he anticipated that this would be the case. He said, okay, we're going to do player props this week. Here's the rule, though. 
No unders. It's got to be overs. Forced overs because he knew exactly what Steve's response would All be. All I do is play under. I am the, I am the undertaker. It's like Paul Bear. I know. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Jay? Ricky Steamboat. <laughs> I mean, that's all I play. That's what all the, Mackenzie did. The did, Mackenzie didn't do the research. He stole the research. He found the research. Um, if I blindly play all the skill position players, I win two thirds of my bets. Right, Mackenzie? Exactly right. In 2021, this is from Connor Allen from Four for Four. He tracked 234 bets, or they did at Four for Four. 66.6 percent, two thirds on the dot went under. So think about this. Scott. Well, if that's the case, if I mean. Hell, overs in preseason NFL went 14-3 and three so far, so you can't possibly play an under if you're blindly playing them. I don't recall the preseason data saying that 67% of the games go under. Yeah. This is the, we're, compar- we're comparing apples to, to, to Detroit-style pizza now. I think the number one thing when it comes to unders and player props in football is that Ooh, injuries! Oh my yeah. arm! Injuries! You'll cash the under the numbers, as soon as a guy gets the, hurt. The number's approximately right <laughs> yeah. until Dangerfield throws out his elbow, and then all of a sudden, you know, the danger. If you, if you had Dangerfield bogeys in the Caddyshack movie, think about how pissed off you are. You my know, arm. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, three. <laughs> uh, but that's that's the game we're gonna play. We know, and Fez, I understand. You're saying this is a bad bet. Don't bet overs. You know what this is like? This is like us having a pod on how to play, how to fold King King when playing No Limit. But you that's, know what? But that's I'm educational. not good enough. But that's educational. It's educational. Too. But yeah. I am not good enough to fold. I, I, I can tell you, as a, as a guy that's played some poker, I have had, like, there's been five times in my life where I've literally been playing live. And I've looked the person in the eye and told him, I know you have aces, but I'm not good enough to fold my kings. I call when it gets all in. Mm-hmm. Of those five times, he had aces once. One time, a dude had ace five suited. You know, so I'm a hundred percent. Usually me, by the way. I'm a hundred percent sure like I have aces. that these five <laughs> yeah. dudes had aces, and I was right once. But you still, he doesn't I mean, fold. Yeah. so I I'm not good enough to fold kings okay. because I'm not good enough to determine there's a hundred percent or even a fifty-two percent chance they have aces. And guess what? They have aces one third of the time, <laughs> at most. Like this data, because people get hurt, and Adam Thielen's going to blow out his elbow despite the fact he's getting thrown to every fourth pass. So we we decided we're going to do because quarterbacks are too easy. We said one quarterback prop, mm-hmm. not interceptions. One positive quarterback prop and two playmakers. Could be running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. Don't care. Bold prediction. We're going to all land on the same quarterback. You think so? No it's way. It's obvious. I, no well, way. I know Scott and I I'm don't. Not, yeah, we we didn't. Bold position. Uh, we're, we're, we're proposition. We'll, we'll match. We'll have a match. We'll have a match. Okay. Right, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. All right. uh, then let's get it started. Let's uh, Scott, go ahead and, and take the lead. Let's hear your quarterback prop. All right. I mean, I'm not going to bet it. But again, this is an over prop that we are forced to make. I'll go to a tongue of Iloa over 25 and a half touchdowns at minus 130. He had 16 touchdowns last year in 12 starts. Did this has the Detroit pizza? Does this have some wacky weed? On? Yeah, it gets to your head a little bit. <laughs> All right, go so ahead. He had 16 touchdowns in 12 starts last year. So if you you know extrapolate that out to maybe 16 starts. Maybe he doesn't start all 17 games. 16 starts, that's 21 touchdowns. But we know the team is better this year. We know he has an elite wide receiver weapon in Tyreek Hill now this year. With Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, I think he can up his 
uh, you know, his per-game touchdowns. So that 21 average for 16 games will be 26 or 27. I'll go over 25-and-a-half touchdown passes for Tua. And also a cheapy way for Tua to get some touchdown passes with a player like Tyreek Hill is the quarterback's favorite, Little Shovel. They're at the goal line. Tyreek Hill goes in motion. They take the shotgun snap. Little pop pass to Tyreek Hill. It's basically a handoff, but it goes in as a touchdown. What's funny is I was ready to push the button on you until you talked about that in pre-production, that shovel pass, because I could see that being the best part of their game. Tyreek Hill might have five of those touchdowns this year. Why doesn't everyone run the Kansas City Chiefs shovel pass? It's not just the Chiefs. The shovel pass always works. I've never seen it fail. I love the inside shovel pass, too, where it's it's like the the running back is with you and the guy goes in motion, but you flip it to like the tight end, like the the Travis Kelsey play. Right. Or the underhand. Uh, That works every time. if by some reason he drops it, it's just an incomplete. It's, an incomplete pass. Pass. it's safer it's than a handoff, fumble. unless so, you're like are they, are they Russell Wilson, I guess, at the goal line. You they, take two steps to the right, like you're rolling out, and then you just shovel pass. By it con- to the guy every in good coach runs the shovel pass. Every bad coach runs the fade. All right, which and, and every really bad, which never the fade never works. Um, the the and the worst possible is the slow developing amble to line scrimmage. Jumbo backfield. <laughs> they don't. They, and if they're on the one, I would. I swear to God, I would bet over now, under. Do now, they get back to the line of scrimmage? I would bet no. Now, where most was, of the time? Now, who's the head coach in Miami? Mike McDaniel. <sighs> I, I, Mackenzie, what was Mike McDaniel's role last year? Offensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. Right. And who featured a lot of oh, those yeah. touchdowns that I'm talking I, about? I was thinking McDaniel, from what I understood about who him. Who makes would, a lot of those plays? Debo Samuel? Debo, yeah. But from so what, you have a big edge here. Because he like will the, use Tyreek Hill yeah. in that way. All this personnel yeah, stuff and coaches and, 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 and the like, I'm like, I need data. Without data, I'm mm-hmm. just I'm just like flying blind. I will say this, though. RJ says Teddy Bridgewater could be starting by week seven. He played two <laughs> under. Teddy two gloves. So we've got, so we've got one guy, uh, obviously – it's going to be very hard to make the case for well, passing yards under, but touchdowns I, over. Well, let, let me go to my I, – I, I, this is a correlated play here, so I'm going to jump ahead of you guys and just go to my, one of my position bets because this is the same exact handicap. It's Tyreek Hill over eight-and-a-half touchdowns. That's my other over. And what did he have last year? He had nine touchdowns last year. How does okay. he only have nine? He scores that's, remember, every Exactly. The, he couldn't get open down the field. Oh, because they, they started doing two high safeties but, on him. Uh, why didn't they just give him shovel passes like they do to Kelsey? Well, apparently they did nine times. <laughs> or maybe, yeah. So he had nine touchdown pass, nine, nine touchdown catches last season, 15 in 2020. See, my understanding was that Mike McDaniel is going to be like a run-heavy coach, which is why they feel like they're, they're putting Tua in a good position. That's why they sure. traded for... But I'm just thinking. But Tyree it does Coke, make sense. Tyreek Hill could be the Debo Samuel role. It does know? make sense, and so that's why th- those two plays for me are correlated because I do think Tyreek Hill has double-digit touchdowns, and if he does, Tua or Teddy Bridgewater will go over a touchdown. I certainly mark. like the correlation <laughs> yes. of like if Ty- given Tyreek Hill goes over eight and a yes. half touchdowns, yes. Tua's chances of going over yeah. twenty touchdowns. Are, so are, unfairly, are I gave two. So you guys, you know, give out yours, and then we'll. All right, Fez. Who's your quarterback? This is as square as square can be. It's so obvious. So I'm going Kirk Cousins, Super Kirk over 4200. Um, simple handicap. The Vikings. No match, by the way. They were no match. Shocking. The Vikings were I, 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 old school Zimmer. Run the ball. Let's run the yep. ball. And now under O'Connell, they're going to throw the ball. So 
throwing the ball results in more passing yards. I mean, that tracks. And Cousins is not a quarterback that's prone to injury, and the Vikings are not a he team. He is prone. Is it good that he got his COVID out of yeah, the way right yeah, now? He's, he's had it. We, he's had good his for the rest of the contact, season, right? and he's actually had it himself. And um, yeah, I think uh, the Vikings are not a team that's going to go thirteen and four and, and have big leads every game. Every game, the Vikings. What was the stat? Who um, were the Vikings? Did they score first or did they give up a score first? Every game's close in every Viking game. It's like never further than seven points apart. So both teams are always throwing the ball in Viking games. Cousins over 4,200. And because Scott put a bonus pick out there, <laughs> and because I, it seems like Alan Thielen gets hurt every year, Justin Jefferson, that dude rocks. And I know it's sky high, but I will play my – I'll do my stack and I'll take my Justin Jefferson – over 1350 as the Vikings play a whole lot of exciting games. By the way, Cousins only missed one game in the last seven years, and that was a week seven. What was the Cousins number? 4,200. Okay. All right. For my quarterback prop. Kevin O'Connell. I like it. I went I went against uh, – I, I didn't go with Kirk Cousins. fold so the Kings. This was a big, yeah. uh, a big upset to Feds. I'm Queens going Derek Carr. Queens I fold. Kings no. Kings, no. Queens, I can fold. Derek Carr, the number? Derek Carr, 44.50. Okay. Over 44.50. 44.50. If under the gun raises and then the old guy comes back and re-raises and I'm third deck with Queens, I throw him in the muck. And so be it if they both have ace kings. Yeah. So, yes. I um, You know, Carr is a really good quarterback. And the Raiders are in a really tough so, division. Think about this. Derek Carr last year threw for over 4,800 yards. He was mm-hmm. fifth in the league in passing yards. Now think about... All the shit that went wrong for the Raiders last year. The whole Gruden situation. Yeah, his co- Rich he, he, he plays half a season with yeah. an interim uh, coach. Rests. He yeah his his number one wide receiver is in prison mm-hmm. after seven games. Deshaun Jackson played nine games and had twelve catches. Darren Waller missed six games. Running backs all banged and, up, and he still threw for forty eight hundred yards. Now the best wide receiver in football. Yeah, and they're you, like best friends. Yes. You add in the best wide receiver in football. You give That's it Justin Jefferson. Though. You give him <laughs> a contract extension with a no trade clause. Mm-hmm. So everything that's happened the last three years of oh, when are the Raiders going to trade Carr? That goes away. The Raiders bring in a coach who orchestrated some of the best offenses we've ever seen in the history of time in New England. It feels like he's kind of set up for success again. I don't. And then the fact that the Raiders are in the AFC West, you're there with Mahomes and Herbert and Russ. It is really so, easy to envision the Raiders playing from behind often. Wait, who's the backup quarterback for the Raiders now? Mariota's gone. So. Uh, I don't know who the backup quarterback is now for the Raiders. Nathan Peterman? No. But, no, Peterman has moved on. Uh, so it's, it's, oh, it's Stidham. Stidham. Jared Stidham, Stidham. That's right. old Auburn Tiger. So remember, and Stidham is knows the McDaniel the the, the offense. Yep. From remember, Mariota was always stealing some snaps. Jared so Stidham's not get, stealing snaps. Yeah, exactly. And it, so when they Stidham, when they're not playing from behind, they're going to be playing in shootouts. Now, so I love what you said there because I actually like the overs in like every Raiders game because <laughs> I think every Raiders game is going to be high scoring. Their offense is going to be capable of scoring. The I teams agree. they're playing against uh, some of the best quarterbacks in the league. Week we're, one total fifty two and a half. It's unbelievable the overs that we're going to see. No the way I play. want any part of that under. But I'm just right? saying, yeah, exactly. And so I actually love this Derek Carr over because I think we're getting I think we're getting points in every Raider game this year. So I agree with that. So you would you actually agree that this is a, maybe a, a rare example of a good over? 
No, because he's going to get his calf busted. Because all it takes is one injury, and the, the thing is bust. It, this is the classic yeah. example of the bet. You see this all the time from, from, from the square ball this betters the that don't win. This, look, look, this I should have won. This is a fantasy oh. play versus a best sports a betting fantasy play. League. Gotcha. Fantasy football. League I love Derek Carr fantasy football. Because you only have to you, – you've got t- t- eight other guys in your league or 12 yes. other guys. Yes. So, boom. But I wouldn't bet the over because – And you can have a backup that you can exactly. put in. I wouldn't yeah. bet the over on any you know, potential – but yes, I do like Derek Carr to put up numbers this year. I'll, I'll go ahead and give my, I concur. my I think second this is one. A fine is point. it a correlation? Because Fez and I both had correlation. Mine is not correlated. It's not, uh, I wasn't as cute as you guys. Uh, I went with Rashad Bateman over 70 and a half receptions. Really? Bateman is now the de facto wide receiver one in Baltimore. Sammy Watkins, gone. Uh, Noxie Hollywood Brown, Tight ends number one. <laughs> I, you, you know what? I, I generally agree. I started reading today. Like, if you Google Rashad Bateman right now and look at the news, all it is is people raving about how great Rashad Bateman is. Didn't and they w- rave about him as a rookie? Yeah, yeah he didn't get very many snaps because Hollywood Brown got snaps mm-hmm. because Sammy Watkins, these, these guys that were making big money were getting snaps. They're gone now. And I hear uh, Devin Duvernay, who's one of the receivers, saying – Rashad Bateman's the leader of the wide receiver room. He's the wide receiver one. I hear Lamar Jackson saying he's the wide receiver one. Lamar Jackson needs to have a big year. Lamar Jackson's going out and playing with no parachute. He's going out and playing for a contract. Watson's getting paid 200 mil, and he's like totally like got all the everything. I I understand. Like he's a horrible person. Yeah, Lamar Jackson's a a seemingly good guy. I'm not even sure Watson's like a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson anymore. You know, it's like it probably. You know, but yeah, you know they're in the same category. You know, I mean, hmm. I I think the leverage that the Ravens have is that if Lamar Jackson went to another team tomorrow. That team would have to change, change everything, everything yeah. and the Ravens are built for him, and the, the Ravens are putting him in the best position to succeed. But on that other note, if the Ravens went out and traded for, you know, random pocket quarterback, if they traded for Mac Jones tomorrow, they'd be screwed because this team is not built for a guy like Mac Jones or or, or even a guy, a guy like Aaron Rodgers would be in bad shape with this roster. So like the like the only team that the Ravens can really swap players with is kind of like the Eagles. The Eagles, yeah. yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Josh Allen would probably work anywhere. Yeah. Okay. Uh but yeah, it's a it's a rare thing I think. But I do like Bateman. I think if I think you can't look at last year's stats. I think you have to look at this year's opportunities. And because it's a prove-it year for Jackson, I think he's going to be leaning on him as his number one guy. So over 70.5 receptions for Rashad Bateman. Very much makes sense. Okay. All right. Yes. What's your uh, What's your last one? All right. DeAndre Swift over 6.5 touchdowns. People are loving this kid. People there's, there's are loving him. a lot to love about this kid. Uh, had over 1,000 scrimmage yards last year. Uh, he only really played in 10 games. Now, right? what team does he play on? The Detroit Lions. So the Lions have to score seven touchdowns this <laughs> year Lions for this to cash. To Everyone's darling because of hard knocks. Um, <laughs> but <you know. laughs> That six and a half is going to flip to a seven. Oh, yeah, that season exactly. wins going to seven. Uh, it's, it's minus 130 right now. No, no, it's minus 115. So uh, minus 115 uh, for DeAndre Swift over six and a half. He had five touchdowns. Touchdowns last year, but he only played in 13 games. Catches a lot of passes. Catches a lot of passes. Um, so maybe, you know, the receiving touchdowns certainly 
could Red take zone, away dude. from the running rushing touchdowns. But I do think that this is going to be a huge season for DeAndre Swift, who might be the best running back that no one really talks about in the NFL this year. As I mentioned, in in really 10 or so games last year, he had over 1,000 scrimmage yards. Um, so if he's healthy for an entire season this year, which is always the thing when it comes to betting and over is the health-wise and – so far through two years in the NFL, we haven't seen him play a full season. But if yeah, he that's... does, we could be seeing like an Austin Eckler type season from DeAndre Swift. He's that good of a player. So when we when we talk about these, it's we we mentioned at the beginning the injury risk is a big factor in things. Yep. I like what what Fez said about Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins never gets hurt. That makes me, if I'm looking for an over, mm-hmm. that's something I like. I, I like that Kirk Cousins never gets hurt. When I gave out last week Matt Ryan over 3,900 yards, I love that Matt Ryan never gets hurt. Yeah. Like that, those are the kind of. Yeah, you want the Ironmans, yep. DeAndre Swift worries me. Well, 13 games in both rookie year and last year. So 13 games, eight rushing touchdowns is rookie year, 13 games, five rushing touchdowns last year. Uh, so if he plays 16 games this year, he's going over that number. Even if he plays 13, he's going over that yeah. number, I think. Uh, the Lions, a lot of hype around them this year, uh, obviously with the hard knocks, as I mentioned. And I just think, you know, Dan Campbell is such a like uh, old-school head coach, right? He's a, he's a smash-mouth guy. I think he wants to line up and have his guys bully your guys and hand the football yeah. off. If we can't get one yard on fourth and one, we yeah. don't deserve to win. Yeah, but yeah, but Kansas City is like running the shovel pass, and it always works. Dan. Well, it seems to work. It seems to work. All right, uh, McKenzie, I forgot about you having these as well. What's your who's your quarterback over? Justin Fields has the lowest Wait, on the board. No, the overs we're saying. I know, I know. I'm very bearish <laughs> on the Bears. I agree with the market downgrading their win total from seven to below six now. But that's kind of why I like the over. I think, barring injury, he's going to play every game. And this number at 3,300 yards, he only has to get over 200 yards, less than 200 yards per game. I think they're going to be trailing a lot in every game. So I think he he plays, and I think he gets 200 yards a game. So I'll go over. Let me ask you about Soldier Field, because I'm sure you saw, I saw the yeah. Kansas City game. What the hell has happened to the playing surface in Chicago, is that temporary? Because that looked like a rugby field out there. Is it there. because of soccer? Like, what is. They had an Elton John concert, I think. Is that right? It yeah, was the one night time? before. Yeah. I think Soldier they had a Field concert. to be resodded before season opener. Yeah, they had, a, right. they, had a, they had a big concert the night before their preseason game and just shredded it. It says oh. in between last Saturday's preseason game and the regular season home opener, Soldier Field is set to host a Chicago Fire game plus concerts for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Bad Bunny, and Ramstein. I know who Bad Bunny is now because he did the commercial <laughs> with Snoop Dogg. Uh, this Bunny. article from NBC Sports goes on to say um, uh, the Bermuda, gla- Bermuda grass is a change for Soldier Field, which had previously been Kentucky bluegrass and rye. Oh, like my Yankee God. Stadium. What is Bermuda doing in Chicago? That doesn't, I don't know. That I'll does be honest. not seem Listen, healthy. Kentucky bluegrass Kentucky is where bluegrass to go. Bluegrass Yankee Stadium's Kentucky bluegrass. Turf That's where is where to go. go. Yeah. Every football stadium should just have turf. Yeah, you saw what happened to yeah, I mean. By the way, I like the Northwestern Nebraska under because in Dublin, Ireland, because I'm expecting – that, Terrible um, surface. I, I think the football might get lost. The pitch. Yeah, the pitch. <laughs> I'm expecting the pitch will not have like been that. cut. It's, it's like the Notre Dame-USC game where they let the yeah. grass grow to slow down Reggie Bush. Yeah. yeah. Uh, McKenzie. <laughs> it was like, six, like five inches thick. Who's your, who's your second uh, player prop, McKenzie? Oh, I, well, you know what? I've got a note on what your first one was. I, th- I, I 
generally, I think Justin Fields is not good. I think their offensive line is terrible. But I like that, that there's really think. I like that there's no Andy Dalton. I like that there's no Nick Foles. Like Trevor Simeon and Nathan Peterman are the backups. They're not going to go away from Justin Fields this year because if Justin Fields stinks, they're going to stink anyway. There's not like some, like Andy Dalton and Nick Foles are the running quarterbacks get hurt all the they time. do. But Bears can't block. But they've got the lowest. He's got the lowest number on the board by 150 yards. It's not very close. Trey Lance, my man, is at 3,500. Justin Fields at 3,350. All right, so let's like get it. your uh, let's get your second one, McKenzie. This and then, one I and like then I've got a special task for you. Sure, I'll bring it on. This one I would actually bet. You know, talking about how we wouldn't bet these overs. This one I like a lot. Green Bay Packers wide receiver Alan Lazard over 750 and a half receiving yards. Kaching. <laughs> I, I, I'll stop right now. I'm interested. Why? Why don't you like this bet? Because it's an over. <laughs> because it's an over. It, it does. It doesn't. It does not matter. The um. He, they can talk about him being number one and the like. What's what's. Let's actually see what transpires in Green Bay. Not to mention Green Bay's no team is more adept, in, in my opinion, when they have a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter of running the play clock down to the final two seconds and handing the ball off. Green Bay plays so slow with the lead that it costs everybody plays and, it, and certainly costs you know the receivers pass yards. No doubt. That's why Aaron Rodgers over doesn't very appeal to me, even though he had 4,200 yards last year, but they do take the ball out. But let's just say he has 4,000 yards. How are you going to split that up with a bunch of young receivers he doesn't like, old man Randall Cobb, Robert Tunyon, and then the one guy he compared to Hall of Famer Devontae Adams, the guy that he says he actually trusts, Alan Lazard. I think he gets one-fourth of the yards. That's well over 1,000. I like over 750. But we'll we'll settle up at the end of the year. Hmm. Uh, Okay, so the special task, McKenzie, is we were talking about the Lions and the bump from Hard Knocks. Can you find out? The teams that have been on hard knocks, where like their their season total at open, season win total at open, season win to- total at close, or like when the season started, and if they went over or under that win total, the 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 closing win total, because I it feels like every year whoever's on hard knocks, mm-hmm. people start to think, oh, yeah. this they Listen, they can do something. Those HBO producers. They're good at their job. It's a it, <laughs> that show. They're they're there to make the team look good. I've never they're seen a show. What they do. AB didn't get the, the memo. Didn't circulate on him. But yeah. I guess that was kind of Listen, the material yeah. was kind of a challenge. Huh? That show is like Scooby Doo. <laughs> you know what's going to happen at the end? Meddling. Kids. They're going to pull the they're going to pull the mask off, and yeah. it's going to be some person, not a real ghost. So you know the ending, but. They find a way to make it interesting, and I know it's the same shit every year. Have, it is. Have you been? Were you around? The, did, they did the Texans. They did the Texans. Right? Yeah. Were you around the team. Yeah. The, so yeah. So I was. I was doing the Jets radio broadcast, producing the radio broadcast when the Jets were on Hard Knocks, and that was the perfect storm for the Jets because they were coming off the AFC Championship appearance. They had just signed Jason Taylor, Ladanian Tomlinson, Santonio Holmes. You had Rex Ryan, who was a character among yeah. characters, right? Remember the let's go get a bleep and snack. Right, the 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 image. These guys there. are eating cheeseburgers it here, was, right? It was it was the perfect storm. Wasn't this players eating cheeseburgers like during the halftime, or during no, the practice, the halfway Sanchez through the practice? Hot dog, hot dog yeah, game. yeah. <laughs> but it was it was honestly it was they made the Jets look so good, but the Jets also went out and went eleven and five that year. So same old I, Jets, AFC title game, and again. they lose. Yeah, um, but they made the team like I feel like everyone around the country was like the Jets are winning the Super Bowl because of hard knocks. 
and because of Rex Ryan and how they made everybody. It doesn't better. matter how bad the team is. They get on hard knocks, people think they're better. Mm-hmm. They, they really do. Mm-hmm. And I, I, Coverage, exposure. Yeah. And, and, you get, and you get to hear uh, Ray Donovan's voice. And the, the Lions are already, they're already getting, they were already getting love before this. Like, I thought the Lions were kind of overpriced before Hard Knocks started, and they've gone up since it started. I, I have a buddy, Pro Better. He's the most simplistic season win model you've ever seen. These, I, I got I to tell you, I mean, these, they, they do a fine job, but I'm so sick of like the Rufus Peabody's of the world with the just build this analytics model and run your 20,000 simulations, you know, from the top or from the bottom up. And it's really not that complicated as long as you have a, you know, a good grasp of statistics and chi square distributions and you've had like five years of calculus, you can do it yourself. And it's just like, you know what? It's all I can screw you guys. It's not that complicated. It just isn't. And then I hear these guys talk about how complex their models are. What'd you bet this week? Oh, I'm not betting baseball this week. It's like, well, I know lots of guys that are like eighth grade education that win betting sports, and they don't do any of that stuff. Now, I'm not saying that doesn't work, their bottom-up approach, but there's lots of different ways to skin the cat. And I do think, to be fair, Captain Jack talked about different ways that work for different people. But where I'm going is like, my friend, all he does is like, you got a good quarterback? Yes or no? You got a good coach, yes or no? Let's see, Lions, bad coach, bad quarterback. That means we bet them under for season wins, and we make money doing that. Mm. And it's just shocking how year after year after year, you know, Joe Judge is your coach. Yeah. Daniel Jones is your quarterback. You win three games. What's the um, What's the term? Is it Occam's razor? Is it the the simplest yeah, yeah. answer? All things the, being equal, the, the simplest answer exactly. is the answer. Exactly. And that's sometimes what it is. So all you these, have a bad coach and a bad quarterback, guess what? We're betting the season. And all these, these bottom-up geeks, like with all <laughs> I've rated the tight ends position player and the offensive, it's bullshit. Your coach sucks <laughs> and your quarterback sucks. You need to weight that like half. Of, that should be half your model, and it's like 14% of it. It's all wrong. <sighs> I agree, Sorry, but then there's I like you do very well. But, I know you do. But then there's teams. That if you looked at the Chargers last year, you would have said, "Oh, good coach, good quarterback. Let's go." Um, yeah, but I think that there's been a reevaluation of how good the coach is. Okay. Do you think it's a warranted reevaluation? I think the jury is fully out. So yeah, how's the team? How's how's your defense respond when you're going for it fourth and two from your own thirty-eight? And, all right, that's a, that's a too extreme. But fourth and two from midfield, and then they fail. And like, oh, we get to we have to go out and defend yeah. the short field again mm-hmm. because our mm-hmm. coach is a dummy. You know that the all oh, the defense and almost as meetings, frustrated as they get when the team goes three and out when they just had to defend the fourteen play, you know, six minute drive, and they got no break and have to go right back on the field. Oh, let's and play. Let's go again. no. Let's go yeah. out and do a no <laughs> yeah. huddle for three plays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks for the water break. Right. <laughs> But, you know, like, and then there's some coaches. I think Zach Taylor has a pretty bad reputation as a head coach. What, what, and that's a great example where it becomes a, a self fulfilling or, or, you know, the it's survivor bias where, oh, Zach Taylor's a good coach because he won last year. He would have been fired if he yeah, hadn't. So done if it I said it. going forward, who, whose career do you want as a head coach, Staley or Taylor? Like, Staley, not even close. It's not even close. Yeah. Not even close. But, but, like, you know but a lot of people disagree with me. A lot of people. I'm, Those I'm people sure are Cluck, dumb-dums. I'm sure Cluck, Clucko the chicken is Zach yeah. Taylor in his top ten. Those not people are dumb dumbs. It's like Brandon Staley. Yeah, Zach Taylor got to a super. He got to a, he got to a Super Bowl. That's great, 
But it doesn't change that but he's not could a good be, coach. But there could be the point where, you know, um, Brandon Staley might be a little bit too ahead of his time. He might pull, like, what is it, Amadeus or, or, like, one of these guys, Picasso, that just doesn't get discovered until he's dead. And McKenzie, correct. this happens all the time in the NBA. Am I wrong? This guy it, was going for it. A, a coach who— <laughs> years ahead of everyone yeah, else. Yeah. A coach Two who isn't a good conversion. coach at all— Everyone does —just that, gets a bunch of good players, and they go win an NBA title, right? Doc Rivers made a career out of it. I mean, that's coaching. There's cert, there's certain coaches that matter a lot. I Why think, don't you go for two all the time? If you get it half the time, your idiot kicker. If 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 you don't have Justin Tucker, your kicker misses. Do you do you generally agree analytically with? With what's with Staley's approach? Yeah, of course. I mean, he's then, ugly. then why can he? If if the math says he's right, then why is he a dum dum? Because people are trapped in the past. I'll, I'll use an example. I always talk about with baseball. People fight. I, I I have gotten into so many fights with people about baseball. So we all agree that shift is sharp and like mm-hmm. minimizes runs and the and you move the infielders around correctly. Double play depth. Or one out, man on third. Bring your infield in first and third, at least at the corners, and yet. I swear, I test the outfielders always stand in the same place. Oh, I've got um, I've got Joe Judge up. This is where my outfielder stands. He stands right against Aaron the Judge, not, Aaron not Judge. the Thank former you. coach of the Giants. I, that really doesn't matter. They're going to just we for, know the point. We didn't need to correct him. No, you didn't need to correct <laughs> yeah. me. I'm wrong. The, 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 the outfielder, <laughs> Joe Judge like, can't like, hit it to dude the outfield. is up, and here's where I stand. Well, and, and I'm like, if there's men on second and third, and there's two outs, the only conversation we can have is, do I bring the outfield in three steps or six steps? We cannot have a conversation, should I move the outfield? Because it's obvious that you should, but it's not obvious to any ML team yet. But I'm convinced. But they that, use the analytics card, that the spray charts, that tell them where to play. On every, well, that's on every, But that's where to play without any yeah. conditional probability. Now when there's men on base, everything changes and, sure. and, and the simulations change. It's so obvious. A child can see this. And 50 years from now, they will all do this. But none of them do it now. You know why? Because no one taught the dum-dums. Like, it's like the coin toss. No one taught the dum-dums you're supposed to defer when you win the coin toss. They didn't haven't taught them yet that when you're down 14 and you score, you go, go for, for two. two. Now the memo's out. The memo mm-hmm. will go out on this baseball thing that when there's second and third and two outs, the, the outfield's got to come in. I'm giving you the most extreme example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's interesting is the outfield, the, the cautionary stuff they picked up on. Like, and I don't even know if it's right, but like, oh, no doubles when you when yep. you're up one run, you know, can't let a guy get to second, which make, make it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. The, you the know. First base and third baseman are playing on the line. Yeah. You know, I mean no it makes yeah. I mean yeah. that does, I mean that does make sense, but it's interesting how this I mean, I whenever I watch baseball, the outfielder like like um Joey Votto is up and this is where I'm supposed to stand. But you know what? Listen, I think in baseball managing like the head the head job in baseball is even less important than it is in football. Yeah, Tony La Russa is a manager and he's only gonna cost them five games. Yeah. Yeah. And but he's like, the worst listen, in the history of the planet. I think that we are so results-oriented when it comes to head coaches. And Dusty Baker's a manager in the Houston. Oh, he's a the, dope. And he's the Houston's going to have the best record in baseball. Yeah, he's a, and he's a other, dope. Listen, other than the Dodgers. Hear, we've heard RJ talk about it. Like, <laughs> gun to head, do you really think Bruce Arians is, like, a special coach? Like, is he, is he a... Is he like a really 20th, good coach? like 20th best in the But league. he won the Super Bowl two years ago. Like Someone has to win. It's like Jamie Gold won the main event. He beat 9,000 people. You know, here's a guy. He's not a bad player. And I know for a fact I'm in the big minority on this. Why is Mike Vrabel considered like this great coach? Because he won without Derrick Henry. Mike Vrabel yeah, big deal. had one year as a defensive coordinator. Yeah. It was in Houston. And then he got a head coaching job. The Texans were 32nd in defense that year. I kind of like his game time decisions, like his game day. You know, I, I get game, it. Like, and I'm not saying decisions. I'm not saying he's a bad yeah, coach. I just it just feels like no, but he won Coach of the Year because they won they games won last Henry. year without Derrick Henry. 
And it's autumn. You I mean, lose one of the most impactful players in the NFL, and you still go out there and you win the division, and you're competing for the the, the one seed. You're going to yeah. Be you know, I the saw the, the, the Derrick Henry 99 yard touchdown run. I'm sure you remember it. Yeah, of course. Um, and on that run, it's like freeze the frame. Like like when he when he's run for like 15 yards, he is in a situation where they played this play zillions of times before in the NFL. No running back in the history of the planet has ever scored. Maybe Earl Campbell <laughs> got to midfield, but no other running back has ever scored. I mean, he's dead. There's yeah. like two guys, and he has no angle, and he just runs over one, and the other guy just watches him go, yep. and he just. Like that, that never happens. That cannot happen. So, McKenzie, his breakaway speed is just like my assumption was wrong on this, huh? No, 100% right. It's small, but it's definitely there. Before the hard knocks is aired, these teams, on average, since 2015, as far as their data goes back for these particular data, date points for win totals, they're expected to win 7.6 games. After hard knocks, after everything was bet, before September 15th, before the debut of the season, 7.7 games. They're upgraded. And then they actually won. 7.6 games. So no. Vegas was right, then hard knocks happened, and we were wrong, and then the actual result I, was I'm, Vegas. I'm going to rain on your parade here, McKenzie. My parade? Yes. I'm just, so, 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 you just did the numbers I passed so, 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 Summarize, McKenzie said the team's season win number went up a tenth of a game on average, and it should have, it should have just stayed the same, and the result was you know, the hype of, of the hard knocks. But I would come over the top and say, I think, I think that graphic you just gave applies to every team. In the NFL, because almost every team gets bet over. In the aggregate, the average team gets bet up, at least in the past, certainly. We we go back to. You've said before the average win total should be 8.45, and it's actually 8.55, right? Yes. So hard knocks are not, teams are overrated by about a tenth of a win. Exactly. So hard knocks has nothing to do with any of this. Okay. Yeah. Bad job, AJ. Yep, my bad. (laughs) All right, let's hear your uh, your third player prop. Um, Third player prop. Let's go. You know what? Let's go Mike Evans, Tampa Bay over. And I'm going to keep this really simple. Mike Evans, I was always he's always banged up. He's never 100%. So why am I playing him over? Because he still gets to 1,000 yards each and every year. So I don't see – he can miss a few games. He's still going to get to 1,000. And if you look at the health of everybody else – um, we got we got a problem. So the pickup gauge, he's hurt already. Um, Godwin's injured. Um, tight end Gronk's making some good commercials. He's not playing. <laughs> I mean, there's just nobody addition by subtraction. So Brady's got to throw to somebody. I assume he's going to come back from his vacation and be throwing the ball around. So uh, Evans over a thousand yards. Shop around. It's thousand and a half. Yeah, it's hard for me to disagree with that. I, I I'm kind of bearish on the Bucks offense in general this year, but it's mostly because they don't have as many people to to spread it around to. And Evans is the guy who I know is going to be there and I know is going to be solid all year. So with Godwin coming back from injury, no Antonio Brown, no Gronk, Julio Jones is 100. Yeah, I, brought, I, I didn't bring up Julio Jones because I do think Julio what, – what's his over, like 500? Something like that, yeah, 550, I think. Yeah, I mean, so I, I, I mean, Scotty Miller – but with like a but with the Hall of Fame pedigree, <laughs> yeah. All right, mine is going to be Gabriel Davis over 875 yards. A lot of people think Josh Allen's the best quarterback in the league right now. Gabriel Davis is the number two wide receiver, and it's as simple as that. He showed against Kansas City; he's got the tools to be a high end receiver. He's just never had the opportunity. Now there's no Cole Beasley. Scores too fast. <laughs> he scores uh. too fast. There's no Cole Beasley. There's no Emmanuel Sanders. The targets are going to be there for him, and he's always going to be drawing the number two corner because Stephon Diggs will be on the field. So he had 550 yards last year on just 35 catches, and that was as the fourth wide receiver. 
Now he's the number two wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I think he probably doubles. He gets double the amount of targets he had a year ago, uh, being the number two option. So over 875 is going to be my play on Gabriel Davis, Buffalo Bills wide receiver. McKenzie, what's your last one? I like Christian McCaffrey, over 925 and a half rush yards. This is not one that I would bet, so <laughs> take that back. This Just like you, I'm forced to make three picks. I was going to. The injury that. risk is considerable. He only played 10 games the last two years. What's higher than considerable? But prior to that, three years in the league, he played 16 games every year. I did the math on this. So obviously, if he plays 17 games, we're golden. He only needs 52 rush yards. If he misses two games, which I think is a fair estimate, still his career average of 62 yards per game would put him over this total. So that's why I like it. You know, I'd be willing to make a substantial bet that C-Mac does not play 10 to 14 games. Oh. Meaning he's either going to be... Fully healthy for the whole year or... Yes, and, but I, th- I think he's going to play less than 10, I think, half the time. I think like half the time you're drawing mm-hmm. dead right off the bat. And, and then... And there's always a chance he has a recurring injury and yeah, it's just it's unfortunate. Washed. You know, the guy's an incredible talent, but it's unfortunate when you're injury prone and you get hurt. I, I love this pick, McKenzie, for if you're in a 12-man fantasy. I, what's the average? He's fan? the number one. 12 is the average. Pick. 12 is the average. Yeah. He's the number one pick in fantasy drafts now. Because he's, he was the number one pick the year before. Yeah, he's always. And the number one pick the year before. Mm-hmm. And if, you, dra- dynamic, if yeah. you drafted him the last two years, you had zero chance. But to if you have league. a one-eighth chance that he's going to actually re- be, be, become C-Mac again. Fantastic, yeah, sure. You know? And so he, he, he's number one. He's the number one pick. Yep. So where's him and Jonathan? Taylor. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor. Him are right. The worried about Kamara ADP. getting suspended. Yeah. yeah. And Dalvin Cook gets injured. Yeah, and also the wide receivers have emerged now. So you have guys like Justin Jefferson going early first round and Cooper the Cup, wide. Cooper but the Cup. so the, the, like it's the the top three aren't wide, aren't running backs anymore. Well, the top three would be you know Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, and. Not Derrick Henry anymore, right? He's, he's no. Yeah. Henry is probably like four, five. Doesn't catch Austin as much. Eckler right? is up there. Yeah, Austin Eckler. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Taylor McCaffrey, Eckler, Cup, Henry, Jefferson—the consensus I, top six. I have an admission. So I have eight in my in my uh, my draft. I have eight coming up, and I don't, I'm, I'm I'm hoping that I can get. You know, I, I want Najee. I'm very high on Najee this year. Okay. So because I like the Steelers. So and he's going consensus seventh, it yeah. looks like. Yeah, so if I can get Najee at eight, scroll down, McKenzie. I have never played in a fantasy football if I can get my Naj- entire life. Can you believe that? If I can that? get Najee, I come back. No, I can believe that. If I get Najee, I come it, back with Diggs. Okay. So if I get a start of Najee, Diggs, I'm happy. Okay. Last year, I won my league, and I had Eckler in the first round, Diggs in the second round. That shows you're doing too much. Well, wait, wait. How much did you win? 3,500. Oh, well, that's good. That's a high, So you're in a high-end like 300 buy-in? 500. 500, yeah. yeah. But so we give out different prizes. We give prizes for regular season mm-hmm. and then prizes That's for playoffs. That's very good. Who's, who's in your league? It's my 12 friends from high school Ooh. or 11 friends from high school. Same league for the past 20-something years. That's pretty cool. You, you yeah. got like eight capable guys, three cupcakes, and one brain dead? It started out that way, and now everyone is like serious fantasy players. It's the, like waiver, everyone's like, it's the waiver wire nightmare, though. They're like, oh, God. It's, it's, it's a budget. You're allowed $100 at the start of the season, and you have to bid on players in the waiver wire. Do you have a once a week? 
Yeah, they they they, they yeah they become know. they become clear on whatever Wednesdays whatever it is, and you have whoever bids it's the a, highest. It's a blind auction bid, and yeah. to get ah, players. I got yeah. you. So it's not do not do some leagues. I'm sorry for them. I'm complete ignoramus when mm-hmm. it comes to all this. Do some leagues whoever's in last place gets first crack at the waiver wire? Or? There's a waiver priority. Like so, let's say mm-hmm. if me and you bid the same dollar amount, okay, but I have the higher priority than mm-hmm. you, I get the player. Okay, but it's a budget system. Goes mm-hmm. by goes by uh, your whoever bids the most. Okay. So like let's say you have you know. Um, I draft Christian McCaffrey number one overall, okay? And we expect what happens, and he goes down week one. He goes down week one of the season. I'm bidding my entire budget. On Chuba Hubbard, granted, Chuba Hubbard's already drafted. You know, if you if you draft Christian McCaffrey, you're drafting Chuba Hubbard. But, I call you know, him Chuba, Mike. But you understand, like you that's would not good. You would you, people, you know, you bid the maximum waiver dollars on a guy coming up that you know right. is going to start become a starter. Okay. I want to get to our next NFL conversation, which is going to be long shots. And here's how – I'll go ahead and throw out how this started, how it came to explain, be. Yeah, explain what you mean, long shots. I think anything more than 5-1 to one is a long shot, right? Does it feel that way? Anything I mean, more than what? 5-1. to one? Breaking news, Drew Locke tested positive for COVID and will not play in Thursday's preseason game against the Bears. Okay. Under. Adjustment? Under. None. Under, but the under, I mean, under, right? I don't, I, I don't know that Drew Locke, I mean, Drew Locke and Geno Smith are the same character. But yeah, but like, now they're going to play more of the third string. There you yeah. go. You got to go under. Are they? Because Drew Locke's the projected starter anyway now. No, Geno is. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They did change that. Okay. Yeah, maybe you're right. So total was at 41 and a half when I left. What is it? Give me a second. Down to 40. Total is now for that game. Game 412, Saturday, second game on the board, 10 a.m., early start time. 40 and a half. Okay, trickle in. Yeah. What's the uh, what's the buy price to? Where do you stop? I already bet it. I tell you what, under. I think I don't think I think you go down to 39, Evan, and here's why. Uh I think it opened at 39, by the way. Yeah. And then got bet up. But they they bumped all the numbers yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't matter. Um I kind of count the openers what what it was at noon. Um my eyes say Geno Smith is an under quarterback, and Drew Locke chucks the ball all over the yard. Drew Locke is a yep. chucker. So he's. I think even though they're about the same level of quarterback, I think if I want if I want an under, I I want Geno out there. Yes. Okay. So to the long shots, we were talking about you said our, anything over five to one. I think anything over five to one, we'll okay. call a long shot. Yeah. Uh, but the reason why this conversation started was it feels like there's always a moment where. Something starts to happen, and we look back and say, oh, I don't know why I didn't see that coming. I don't know why I didn't think that was more of a realistic possibility. And one of the ones that RJ and I started kicking around today was Justin Herbert. And Justin Herbert, like RJ's mentioned this stat before, made a massive jump uh, for his PFF grades inside a clean pocket from year one to year two. Mm-hmm. So, and and you know RJ explained it to me as a guy in a clean pocket those numbers are a lot more real than guys under pressure because how a guy performs under pressure generally has a lot of luck involved and how he does when it's a clean pocket is a better representation of what the guy really is is the way he basically laid it out I don't know me. if I agree with him okay um would not I mean shouldn't part of it's kind of like a good running back 
every running back does well when no one's tackling him, but like the running back that can break the tackle yep. under duress is the really good running back, right? Isn't the same in quarterback to be able to handle the pressure? And PFF has done this study. Warren Sharp has done this study. It's not that being under pressure and doing well is not correlated at all to the next year. It's just much less correlated than being in a clean pocket doing well that one year versus the next year. It is it is interesting because you would think consistently like that's – I almost would think – that a bad quarterback and a good quarterback would both perform about the same when they're not under pressure. I, th- I would think what really separates you know, the, the A quarterback from the C quarterback is when he's under pressure. I think you see a lot more randomness year yeah. to year on how quarterbacks perform under pressure. So, But I looked at it. I looked at the clean pocket numbers, the PFF grades, hmm. and I took uh, – whose list did I take, McKenzie? Mike Sando. Of, of what organization? <laughs> this is the toughest one. Of the – Athletic. There you go. I took Mike Sando's top 10 list and I looked at how they did in a clean pocket year one, year two, and year three. Because Justin Herbert obviously went from he was 30th in the year in a clean in year one in a clean pocket. In year two, he was fifth in a clean pocket. So a massive jump. And I said, okay, well, let's see how these other guys did. There were with only two exceptions, guys from year two to year three fall off in a clean pocket. And I think I know why. I have a theory as to why. I think after two years, especially if, you, if you've established yourself as a good quarterback, you start to feel think, like things are opening up for you and you take more chances. Mm-hmm. You become you – be, I don't want to say you become careless – but you are willing to make throws that you probably wouldn't have made because you were worried about turning the ball over or whatever. The only two exceptions on Mike Sando of the Athletics Top 10 that got better from year two to three, one of them was Josh Allen, who, who we've talked about. is His jump from year two to year three is unlike really any we've seen in NFL history. The other one has an asterisk by it because it's Aaron Rodgers. Hmm. And it a it was the slightest of uptick from year two to three, but year two to three for Aaron Rodgers was really year five to year six mm-hmm. for Aaron Rodgers in the league. So it's not apples to apples. But just Justin Herbert's jump is impressive. The only guys on the in this top ten list who who made a bigger jump from year one to year two, one was Lamar Jackson, who in year year one had limited playing time, didn't play the full season. But year two won the MVP of the league, so obviously a big jump. And the other one's Matt Stafford, whose year one was 55.6. He was 62nd ranked, the 62nd ranked quarterback in a clean pocket his rookie year. So about as bad as you could be year one. And he didn't get worlds better in year two. He moved up to 21, which is the only the only guy who had a who was worse in year two on this list was Josh Allen. So, but he, he made a, a massive jump from year one to year two. The thought was going into this that we were going to find okay, if a guy jumped as high as Burrow or as, as high as Justin Herbert did from year one to year two, year three's got to be phenomenal. Mm. And I was going to be looking at Justin Herbert for an MVP vet for my long shot. Well, it turns out most of these guys pull back a little bit after year two. And in this research, I also found Joe Burrow. The, the number one quarterback in a clean pocket last year. So expect regression from him as well, obviously. So I changed – so there's that's how the, the segment got theorized. I ended up changing a little bit because the data just didn't back it up for me. 
So I went to a 30 to 1 on a defensive player of the year bet. And I, again, this is a long shot. I like Von Miller in Buffalo. And Art, when, when RJ and I were talking, he was okay. You, too old. How, how could you? What, what He's going to pay me 30 to 1 if I get it right. Yeah. All right. Okay, it's, I guess so. it's all right. Yeah. 30 to 1. I'll okay. pay you 50. I'll give you 50. Okay. 50 to you 1. You got 50. The Bills well, were the wait, number real one. Real quick, our typical bet is $300. So are you laying 15 It's a a good question. So I want to clarify this. Like, I've always been a big believer when talking about big money lines that if your normal swing is a $600 swing, so 300 in each direction, Uh so that's a $600 swing. So we would, since I'm giving you, um, I guess I'm going to give you 60 to 1. So you're going to bet 10 to win 600. Um, So the the swing will be still $600. Stay the same. Sound good? That works for me. All right. All right. That works for me. And then I'm only risking 10 on, pizza money. on a long shot. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and it's just like any other bet that they, for example, if you're used to betting 1,000 a game and, yeah. you're betting, and you're laying minus 200 on a money line, I hear this question all the time. That, in fact, this could be the most impactful thing we've talked about in the whole pod in terms of your betting. All right. People are like, how much should you bet on a minus 200? And some people say, bet 1,000 to win 500. And some people say bet to win the thousand unit, bet mm-hmm. risk two thousand to win one thousand. No, wrong. Both are wrong. It's like you normally are risking eleven hundred to win a dime. You got twenty one hundred dollars swing. So if you're laying, you know, a minus two hundred, then you should be betting about fourteen hundred to win seven hundred. Whether your team wins or loses, it's the same twenty one hundred dollars swing in the ninth inning when the game's on the line. And so it doesn't that make kind of make intuitive sense that the difference between winning and losing should stay about the same, yes. regardless of whether it's a two to one dog or a minus three hundred favorite, et cetera. That does make a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. I'll I'll take ten to win six hundred then. Okay. Uh I like the way that the math worked out that you got sixty. I was going to give you 50, and I was like, ah. Uh, I like that. It, yeah. I don't want to have to count. You were trying to short me. No, I wasn't. I gave you a bonus. I didn't short you. <laughs> I, know, but I know, but you were. You, yeah. But I was like, it's 60. If, if it's a 600, if it was a 500 swing, I would have given you 50 to 1. Do you want me to do 20? If it was a swing, for, I would have given you 40. Do you want to do $20 at 50 to 1 instead of 10 at 60 to 1? No, 10 at 60 is good. Okay. Uh, so here's the deal Von Miller's 33 years old. And When's his birthday? Uh, Tell me he's got a birthday coming. I'm sure <laughs> he's, he does. He's yeah. got to be older than that. <laughs> but. He is – listen, This is, he's joining the best defense in the league per EPA Can't last year. see. Where's glasses. What's wrong with glasses? <laughs> uh, boy, you're offending a lot of people here, Fez. Uh, you wear glasses. What are you talking about? I'm not – I'm not – a value at 30-1 to 1 to win defensive player of the year. But the Bills' defense, outstanding last year, and they go out and upgrade it. Yeah. And I think we saw the rejuvenation – of Von Miller when he got on a team that had a chance to win. It looked like the the Rams were kind of taking a risk on bringing him in. Is Aaron Donald going to Buffalo too? No. <laughs> Was Aaron Donald on the best defense in the league last year? All right. I didn't think so. I didn't think so. But I, I do think that this is a guy who is, is not that far removed from, from having 15 sack seasons. And being and, Super Bowl MVP. And, yeah, you, you put him on a defense that's as loaded – in Buffalo, as it was in in L.A., we're going to bet J.J. Watt also. I'm not betting J.J. Watt. <laughs> well, J.J. Watt's going to get hurt. J.J. Watt's an under uh, every year. Listen, I, I've been around J. When J.J.'s on the field, he's awesome. J.J. ain't on the field. Von Miller, I believe, will be on the field though. Is so, T.J. Watt the favorite? Uh, T.J. Watt is the favorite yes. to uh, to to win Defensive Player of the Year. The no, actually, Miles Miles Garrett's the co-favorite. So okay. both plus seven hundred. Aaron Donald plus seven fifty. 
Micah Parsons ten to one, Nick Bosa fifteen to one, Joey Bosa twenty to one. Good players. So they're all very good players. They are, but Von Miller they all could win. But none of them play on the best defense per EPA from last season, right. except Von Miller. So you've just given us two long shots. What's the second one? Okay. You said Von. You said uh, uh, Justin Herbert MVP. I thought no, I backed off of that oh, because okay. of the, that's what I'm saying. That's okay. how I created okay. the segment. Gotcha. But the data says that Justin Herbert's probably going to pull back a little bit okay. this year. All right, I get you. I got you. Um, my long shot is actually a favorite. Okay, but it still qualifies because okay because it's eight to one. Right? I'll take that eight to one. Yeah, but it is the favorite on the betting board. That means it's a big market. That's that's yeah. fine. And that's Kenny Pickett to win the off, uh, offensive rookie of the year. And what does he get? Eight to one. Eight to one. He was forty to one last week. <laughs> I still was like he? it. I still yeah. like it. I still like still it. Still like it. I mean, if you, you watch the eye test, but yeah. you know what? He looked so good. And then the odds on Trubisky to start week one went from minus six hundred to minus a thousand. So, like, where's the because playing that's time? Because pr- that's probably the coach speak after week one of the preseason. Let's see what happens in next week. Hmm. Let's see what happens in three in two weeks. You know, just because Mike Tomlin comes out and says Mitchell's our starter, he's going to continue to be our starter. And we're going to work in Kenny as he comes along. Your Rocky's you. better than your Mike Tomlin. I thought that was a good Mike Tomlin. I was going to say, yeah, it, wasn't that was pretty good. it wasn't Rocky. It wasn't yeah, Rocky. It was, it was like an Mike Asian Tomlin Mike Tomlin. I thought that was all right. No, an I Italian, had the, it was an Italian the, Mike Tomlin. I had the banging of the podium and everything, you know? So What uh, about, the, what the about short declarative statements? Talk yeah. to me yeah. about the Steelers rookie wide receiver. George Pickens. Ooh. When healthy. Well, my, this guy is one of the my, premier wide receivers. How ironic would be if he wins... Rookie of the year. He shot up the board as well. Yeah. Because of how good he looked. Well, we know he's going to be on the field, too. Yes. I mean, but, a barring injury. Barring injury. He which... looks like a one. I mean, he just. Yeah. I he, mean, well, he was phenomenal in college. It went healthy. I mean, this is yeah. one of the most dynamic wide receivers in college football for the past several years. Obviously, last year, notwithstanding, because he was out most of the year. But Kenny Pickett, keep in mind, quarterbacks win this award unless somebody goes out and does what Jamar Chase did last year. Yeah. Right. And even. With Jamar Chase doing everything we did last year, wasn't it every week we were like, Mac Jones is going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year? And it's like, wait a minute, Jamar Chase is putting up historic numbers, but yet all anybody's talking about is Mac Jones to win Offensive yes. Rookie of the Year. Finally, there was like one weekend that exactly that, that, Mac that Jones got like two down. Jones lost badly, and, and Jamar Chase got two hundred five, and it's it's done. It's yeah, like this guy's clearly the Offensive Rookie of the Year. I'll say this: I don't know that it's a quarterback award anymore. Four of the last ten winners have been quarterbacks, hmm. so it's not a slam dunk. Sure, anymore. but it's the most. It's the most. Now, two like, of the like, last three. It's like Justin Herbert yes. won it. Kyler Murray won it. But before that, and Dak I mean, Prescott won it Dak, a couple years ago. Yeah, and then yep. you, and before that, you got to go back to Robert Griffin. Yeah, I mean, you go a ways what was back. It? Saquon Barkley won a couple years ago, right? Uh, you Saquon Barkley, yeah. o- Odell Beckham, Todd Gurley, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, and then last year Jamar Chase. Yeah, those players are pretty good though that you named. Sure, those are you know <laughs> of the rookies that are in this draft. Brees Hall, uh, Romeo Dubs. So to you me, know, a lot of this. I don't who, think there's a Todd Gurley or who is this Pacheco guy? This. Yeah, who is Pacheco? Where's who did he play for? He he is going to be. Uh, it looks like he is going to be the. I don't know. I don't know if it's decided, but it looks like he's going to be the number one running back in Kansas City. Which I don't know that. It, a I don't think Clyde Edwards Lair is any good, but. I would say it's probably, an, but any any an, Kansas City running back is going to be capable. Yeah, so you put. I mean, maybe he's a, a he'd certainly be a long shot. Hmm. You know, yeah, it, so this is a fourth stringer right now in their depth chart. 
Where did he go to school? Rutgers. That's what I thought. Yeah, but he's a seventh rounder. Yeah. I mean, you're you're playing a super long shot. But I, for me, with these types of awards, I'm looking for opportunity. Who do I know is going to be on the field? Sure. And, and it, in my opinion, though, you don't. He's the first quarterback drafted in the first round this year. Yep. And there has been a seismic shift in philosophy in the last decade in the NFL, where it's no longer about sitting a guy that you drafted and letting him groom and be, and then learn and then see from the sidelines, hold the clipboard, and then go into play. These guys are getting thrown to the wolves right away because you got to decide after two years what you're going to do with these guys. And they've been throwing during their college career. Yes. So, so they presumably exactly. they're like they up to speed. Think on about them. it, though. You're, you're deciding, you know, the, the Giants didn't pick up the fifth-year option on Daniel Jones. The Jets got rid of Sam Donald after yep. three seasons. Like, the, the window for these quarterbacks to prove, that, to prove it is so short now, you have to start them immediately. So I think when it comes down to it, maybe Trubisky starts week one. But, but I, the four, I mean, the 49ers went a different route. I mean, they, 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 yeah. It's year two, Trey Lance is the starter. Yeah, but I mean, year two is year two. They they they, they burned up a year of him. And Mitchell Trubisky, yeah, well, not they, Jimmy but, but it was so clear that you've. I mean, and Mitchell Trubisky's not Jimmy Garoppolo. Quarterback was last year. And well, and I don't know that Kenny Pickett's Trey Lance either. I, I mean, I I think first quarterback drafted off the board this year. Guy that played in Pittsburgh, very will, tiny will, hands. Will be the number will be the will be the number one. Grab my strong hand. Will be the number one selling jersey. Take the little yeah. one. It'll be the number one selling jersey in Pittsburgh. I guarantee because of the fan base that he already has built in so, from ha- being having a successful college career there. I think the fan base will call for Kenny Pickett. And Kenny Pickett's going to be the starting quarterback. So who scares you? If if you're taking the favorite here, Kenny Pickett. Who who um, who else on the board gives you pause? I think Kenneth Walker is a possible play at twelve to one because Pete Carroll loves to run the football, and I don't. Geno Smith stinks, so team's not good enough. Ex- that's the thing. What not about Traylon Burks? Need a team that's going to have no, a running record. Nothing there. I'll tell you. I'll tell you who I think is intri- is intriguing to me. But it's like you said, there's not a guarantee that they play. It's Desmond Ritter at twenty five to one, because if you're the Atlanta Falcons. Why are you? Why sit Desmond Ritter? Like, is Marcus Mariota your future? Like, what are you trying to do in Atlanta? Yeah. What are you trying to do? If you're, I mean, I understand like Arthur Smith's trying to prove he deserves to be a head coach in this league, but like, what's the goal of your organization? You're not going to get to the playoffs this year. You're not, you're predicted to be one of the worst teams in the league. Mariota actually looked good, though, I thought. Okay. But then, so, but, but, at what point? But he's not your future. At, so, at what And he's point not going to get you year, to the playoffs. Yeah. At what point this year do you decide? You know what? We got to see what the kid can do. I don't think Desmond Ritter's very good. Put up incredible numbers for Cincinnati. Let me get got the almost didn't get the starting job, right? What at Cincinnati? Yeah. No, I think what, it was in competition. Four years ago, maybe. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Seems to have turned that around. Okay. Yeah. Two guys that I'm I'm kind of looking at. I I think Chris Olave in New Orleans because mm-hmm. I know I I know he's going to get opportunities. And market I, loves the Saints. Money st- open seven and a half, eight and a half, still betting them yep. over. And Alave's plus twelve hundred. The other Saint, one Saints to win the division. I don't think that's crazy. I don't think I, th- I could see them winning the division. Uh and then fifteen to one James Cook in Buffalo. Buffalo you're gonna be playing on an elite offense that I don't think they're married at running back to Devin Singletary. So if, if James Cook gets the lion's share of the carries in Buffalo in a in a, a top flight offense. Yeah. 
it's easy to see Can him. Can they just wait up. till week three and then pick off some stale number? And yeah. <laughs> now, now the, the other play at forty-five to one. Oh boy! Now we're getting. Now there. we're talking. Now, now we're now, talking. Now, Fez, take out the button because we're forty-five to one here, right? I don't even uh, need to know who you are. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can have six. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so my five dollars to your, you know, yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, Isaiah Spiller. If Isaiah Spiller could, he could legit be the number two running back now for the Chargers. Ahead of you know Larry Roundtree and and uh, Joshua Kelly, right? And Eckler so, will get hurt week three. As long as Eckler gets hurt, Isaiah Spiller comes in for a team that's mm. predicted to go to the Super Bowl and have a dynamic offense. Forty-five to one, offensive rookie of the year, Isaiah Spiller. All right, Fez, what's your long shot? Long shot seven to one. Of course, he's the favorite. Josh Allen MVP. You know, I got to tell you. I think Josh Allen's going to win MVP. I don't like anybody else. I, I I thought about Herbert a little bit, but I mean, you win the MVP, you're usually going to be a team that wins 12 or more games. There aren't very many of them out there, and I don't like I don't like Brady. I don't like Rodgers. I don't like all of the other big favorites. You don't like Mahomes. I don't like Mahomes. And you don't like Justin Herbert. How and I don't dare like Herbert. You? I mean, I'm looking at all these other guys, and I can make a big case for why you know Mahomes' mechanics are all fouled up. Um, you know, Rogers is going to be too old. Brady's too old. Um, you know, Herbert's going to like have too many failed fourth down conversions. Burrow's going to be um, already has an appendicitis and Super Bowl hangover, Super Bowl loser. Russ, Russell Wilson has never gotten an MVP. Vote. That's true. Everyone knows that. Um, and Matthew Stafford is getting injections on his shoulder, and Dak Prescott's on a team that sucks and it's going to win eight games. So, by definition, it's Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen. I was going to say, what about Lamar Jackson? 20 I, to 1. He could, but he doesn't throw the ball enough. So, he doesn't. Oh, did he enough. throw a lot? Did he throw a lot in 2019 he and I missed it? He doesn't. It, 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 what they call it like Otani, um, when people get tired of something. But that was. Or fatigue. Oh, yeah, Otani fatigue. We got Lamar Jackson. It was three fatigue. years ago. He already won his. He's not good enough to win two MVPs. You get someone Ooh. two MVPs, they got to be Listen, really you good. You gotta sell me on Josh Allen. I, I obviously think the Bills are winning the Super Bowl. So Josh Allen, it should be all of them. It should be even. It should, be even, money on it should be even money. It'll be even money yeah. by week five. Better now seven to one, and we'll we'll come back in October and talk about what a great bet. And by the way, DraftKings cockroaches five to one on Josh Allen. Everybody else, seven. <laughs> and they're like, nah, we'll go five. I mean, they must have a lot of that because look at them. They're like you can if you want Mahomes, DraftKings will give you eleven to one. They'll give you ten to one on Brady, which is way higher than the rest of the market. But Josh Allen, boy, if you want Josh Allen, you bet anywhere but DraftKings. Well, DraftKings don't don't say oh they must have a lot on this that or the They'll other give thing. You Sixteen to Draft, one. Draft, DraftKings is like I'm 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 never going to get another contract with DraftKings. I mean, they're like a drunken sailor with like like literally <laughs> someone can bet thirty thousand dollars on something at DraftKings and the number doesn't move. It's just like they just like eh. Well, that's know. a good thing, right? They just don't. They just don't know. They like I, I I'll, I'll I'll say this. Let me. This is probably the best way I can put it. Circus Sports is a really very well-respected sports book, you know, and they are aggressively hiring people like they hired Nick Bogdanovich, very respected in the industry. Who else did they just hire? They just picked up um, Richie Bocciolari. Um, very respected. sounds like uh, some someone who works at Satriali's or something. Yeah, <laughs> he was known yeah. as the pencil in the we book. We got Bobby Bacala and uh, Mr. Satriali. So I'm dropping names, but the bottom line is um, I can. I'm pretty confident that Circa Sports is not aggressively interviewing any of the odds makers at DraftKings being a part of their future, nor should they. McKenzie, you have a long shot? Yeah, I'll go back to the Bears. 11-1 to 1 to have the worst record in the league. 
I just think this team and this coach is, is not aligned. I feel like they brought in a defensive coach. They got rid of all their weapons. They're not building this team around Justin Fields. It's almost like they don't believe in Justin Fields. They're going to say, what can you do with no weapons? Let and the fail. grass is terrible. The grass is terrible. <laughs> They're moving to the suburbs. <laughs> They're trying to put a dome on Soldier Field so that the mayor is so that they don't move to the suburbs. There's just bad juju in Chicago. I like them under six, but I like them better. 11-1 to one to have the worst record in the league. You know, I, the, I don't disagree with that. that. The, uh, na- yeah. the Naperville Bears has a nice ring to it. <laughs> you know, everybody seems to think the Falcons are like the slam dunk to be the worst team. I, I don't see why the Bears are any better the than the Falcons. Schaumburg Bears. The Barrington Bears. <laughs> um, you, you know, I, I like the Bears to have score the fewest points in the NFL, 6-1. to one. And the reason I like that but is— if that's the case, then why not bet them 11-1 to one to have the worst record? Because you're spending money on defense. they got a defensive coach. That makes sense. And, I, and, and they've, four of their last five games are at home, and, the, and the, state, the, the season's starting lousy, and the Farmer's Almanac says it's going to be a horrifically bad winner in Chicago. Well, if the Farmer's Almanac says it. <laughs> but, I mean, but the bottom line is, <laughs> is you know, like, like, like who are the, that is, their competition? I, that's, I don't think I've heard anybody handicapped based on the Farmer's Almanac. I <laughs> wish that I knew be, where the Only like, in Dreams button it's was. It's going to be a lot easier for it. Atlanta. Is, I mean, that's hey, the unreal. Falcons. The Falcons are going to score more points at home in late December than the Bears, right? Well, yes, makes sense. Okay. It does make a lot of sense. All right, I, you know what else makes a lot of sense? Saving money and commercial tune out. It's <laughs> <laughs> not what you say. Yeah, that's not I, how you do commercials. Get in the zone, auto zone. <laughs> and when I want to save, listen, money, go to pregame.com. Oh, go go to pregame.com. Use the promo code WISEGUY99. No spaces. WISEGUY99. Here's what you get. $99 off Fezzik's NFL season access plus my college football season access combo. You're going to win this year, right? I am going to win. Are you going to win? You're the, I'm going to win. I'm 17-7. and seven. I'm okay. already winning. Then we're going to win, baby. Asterisk 8-1 and one in the draft, 9-6 and six in preseason. You see how I slid that 17-7 and seven like I actually... It's pretty good. Yeah, the 70% in the preseason. I got it. I got it. I got it. I was pretty good in the draft, too. I don't know if we can count that, Pretty sweet discount. But you'll get every NFL release from Fezzik, prop bets through the Super Bowl, and you're going to get every college football play from me through the regular season, the Bulls, the playoffs, championship game, all of it. Special combo access normally goes for $9.95. It's $8.96 with that promo code. Uh, It's good through Monday, August 22nd. There's an NF, that's when the NFL season starts, one game on that Monday. Go to pregame.com, click on Buy Picks, scroll down to Popular Subscription Discounts. You'll see the Fezzik AJ Combo Package. Simply add it to your cart, add the coupon code WISEGUY99, to, and there you go, $99 off. Fezzik, 21.1 NFL units last season. That's it? Plus 20. That's a good year, man. That barely got me ranked in the top five. Yeah, well, listen. Uh, all right, we are going to switch over to some baseball, and we've got some college football stuff. Uh, let's let's do the college football stuff first, and let's start with best bets. Let's, uh, let's, let's talk to our guy Dave Essler, who had a best bet. I love when I bet Hawaii, plus a touchdown and an extra point over Vanderbilt on August 27th. Vanderbilt's regular season win total, 2.5, plus 110. Hawaii's regular season win total, four and a half. Just under, but it's not zero. I know it's the SEC in the Mountain West, but there's worse conferences in the Mountain West. In Hawaii, they're flushing out the Todd Graham era, and yes, they have 53 new players on the roster. But you right remember new coach Timmy Chang. He played five seasons as the Rainbow's quarterback. There is nobody 
more equipped to understand and convey the Hawaii culture to these kids. The guy's a legend. I know they don't bring back much, but they got enthusiasm. They had 6,000 fans at their spring game, which for them is more than any spring game in recent memory. So enough of Hawaii and what we already know. You know, if Vanderbilt's going to exceed their two-and-a-half-game season win total, they better win this game. They got games with Elon in Northern Illinois, then it's all the SEC where they won't win again. You know, two years ago, this Vanderbilt team was winless. Last season, they lost the opener at home to East Tennessee State, so we do have some history. Total for this game sitting at 55. I would think if Hawaii sucks that bad, it might be lower. Vanderbilt has to travel to Hawaii, which in and of itself is a big deal, I think especially for your first game. It's also a 10.30 p.m. EST start. So all these things factored in, even if Vanderbilt is ahead by more than a score late, they'll put the BNC teams in, leave room. I don't think it comes to that. Last season, the Doors threw for 2,200 yards. That's not a lot. They were sacked 28 times. That's a lot. They threw more, uh, more interceptions than touchdowns. As a team, they ran for 1,400 yards. There were eight players that ran for more than 1,400 yards. So, yeah, they do bring back a lot, but a lot of exactly what. I think this is an overreaction to Hawaii starting over. I bet the rainbow is plus seven. I'll sprinkle a little bit on the money line. All right. I'll, I'll be honest. I don't like to buck Uncle Dave. I think I disagree with him here. Hawaii, like, he's saying it's an overreaction to Hawaii starting over. Like, no one started over more than Hawaii. They were dead last in transferring assets and returning production. They brought back no one. They brought in no one. And Vanderbilt's like, what What do we say, McKenzie, mid-20s? Yeah, 24th in the nation. So when you talk about what do you have from a year before, I know Vanderbilt wasn't great, but this is like a – it's almost like a, a bad varsity team playing a freshman team. Uh, it, it's – Didn't – It's like Aloha when, Stadium get condemned? Where's this game? I, I, they have a, a stadium a, on campus. Yeah, a new stadium down there. Hmm. This is like every year when they say, would you, would you take the Lions or Alabama? And every, everyone's instinct is, oh, I'll – I'll take Alabama. No, you won't. Don't do it. Take the Lions. Like it, Vanderbilt's the Lions. Hawaii's got like the best high school team in the country, uh, but <laughs> they are not a college football team. All right, at, at Mountain West Media Days, uh, Timmy Chang, new head coach, former yep. quarterback that lit up the stat sheets uh, on them being picked uh, sixth in the Western Division of the Mountain West okay. Conference. Quote. Yeah, you know, there's six uh, teams expected, right? When you lose as much production as we did to the transfer portal or graduation, you know, so we've got a lot of inexperience or guys that haven't proven themselves on the football field yet. But that's why you play, you know, I'm the same way, right? We just talked about us being, you know, first timers here. And so the only way we're going to get experience is through going through this process together. No different for these guys and goes on to butter them up. But he's admitting we're going to learn on the fly here, boys, right? Yeah, I don't want to bet. I don't want anything to do with Hawaii early on. Now this line has moved to his pick, and it's moved up to seven. So I like directionally. I like where Dave's going. Like, hey, we might want to look to fade this move. It's gotten completely. It's getting pretty wild. It, it, it's getting wild. There's two things I got. I got to be honest. I can't stand this. This 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 pick. I, I used to manage syndicate betting syndicates. One, I can't stand this this sentence. This is a horrendous sentence. It, it, I, I can't believe Esler wrote this. It's just everyone will disagree with it. I'm going to read it out. Even if Vanderbilt is ahead by more than a score late, 
they'll be putting in the B and C teams leaving room. Leaving room for what? What the? What is the? What is that? Does anyone other than I think that this is the? the, the this is ridiculous. RJ would lose his mind if he was here. Oh, I'm Vanderbilt. I'm supposed to win zero games in the SEC this year. I'm supposed to win two and a half games, but I'm up ten. I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna bring in not just the B. I'm gonna bring in the, the C, C team and evaluate talent. What? No. Dave, what are you smoking? That is and, like horrendous. I will bet anything that when if Vanderbilt is up 13 and there's five minutes to play, the entire starting squad on offense and defense is going to be in the game. This is a total non-factor, and that's and that's your handicap. Secondly, from so you, a, are you pushing the button on him? I yeah yeah you know I can say I can scalp him also. The um, <laughs> it's the late game on Saturday. Every dum dum that it doesn't bet sports has been waiting to bet. Yep. It's going to be Saturday night's the bailout game. We go back to asymmetric um, betting risk. What's the chance this line goes down to six versus going up to eight? It's more likely to go up to eight. It, it, it just has to be. Even yeah. if it doesn't go up to eight in the sharp books, it's like you just sit back, take it easy, you know, get relaxed, and then 20 minutes amble into your local station's casino or Golden Nugget or Boyd property, and you'll catch a seven and a half or an eight. You know you will because they'll be overloaded. All those parlays. All those people will tease. All they got to do is win. They'll tease yep. Vanderbilt. The um, money line parlays, pick against the worst team. The yeah, sports yeah. books directors, as, as incompetent as they're like, oh, 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 wait. Hawaii, we six lose, wins last We're going to lose $90,000 if Vanderbilt wins this game. We got we to gotta, we gotta get some money on the other direction, and they'll move it. So um, there's no reason to bet this yet. And that B and C stringers being in, if, if, if Vandy's up 8 to 14, I've – Mackenzie, did you did you see this right up? Am, am, am I on an island here? No, I thought the same thing. Coaches want to win. Coaches aren't like, oh, I'm up two scores. Let me get some reps for my younger guys. Not the first week of the season. Not a team as good as Van, as bad as Vanderbilt. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think this would apply to anyone in the world. But at least if at least if we could have a conversation, if it was like Navy Alabama or minus Air Force twenty eight. Yeah, I mean, if, if if it was Navy minus nineteen or something, I guess you know. But minus this spread seven, they could lose. All right, let's go to Sleepy Jay, who also has a college football best bet. I'm betting Ohio State to win the Big Ten at minus 200. Let's start with the game of the year odds. Final game of the season, Michigan at Ohio State. Ohio State's favorite in that game, minus 13 and a half. But the money line is minus 550. Please keep that in mind. Based on season wins, this is a two-horse race with Ohio State and Michigan in the Big Ten. Ohio State team total right now set at 11 with the over minus 130. Michigan 9.5 minus 110. How much is that 1.5 games plus the change worth? I think a lot. And the motivation for both teams could be key at the end of the season. If Michigan falters in any way and the playoff is out of the Wolverines' grasp, Ohio State will lay it on thick in the final week. Ohio State, they have revenge from last year. Do we really think Ohio State is getting beat again by Michigan in Ohio State? Michigan hasn't beaten Ohio State in back-to-back games in 21 years. I would also suggest the alternate line play with Ohio State in the game of the year odds if you can find it now or as soon as it comes out. I actually feel comfortable maybe laying minus 20 or 22 and a half in that game. Ohio State has the second best odds to win the title at 3 to 1. Michigan is 50 to 1. How is this being priced correctly? I don't believe that it is. Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud, consensus Heisman favorite at 2-1. to one. 
Out of every conference in college football this season, Ohio State is the biggest favorite to win the conference. I think that's very telling. If this comes down to the last game and Michigan is out of the playoff chase, Ohio State might get a flat Michigan team and cruise to a Big Ten championship laying it on thick. Michigan hasn't ran the table since 1997. That's 25 years ago. They might need to do that in order to beat Ohio State, who has a legit shot to do just that. OSU to run the table behind Heisman's favorite, C.J. Stroud. This is mispriced. Ohio State, minus 200 to win the Big Ten. I agree with this one. Um, I... I gave this out uh, on on this pod or maybe a month or two you ago. You laid minus one fifty. Yeah, something like that. See, this one, I'm, I'm, it's hard for me because I agree completely with everything Sleepy's saying. It's just got it's just it, it, it's gotten pricey, but it's going to win. Sure. <laughs> but it's going to win. Yeah, I, I look at this price and I'm like, it's it should be higher. I don't think I don't think Ohio State's going to lose a game in Correct. the regular season. So, um, and he, here's the thing: let's say Ohio State does lose. The Michigan game. It happened. Not after last year. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Like, is Michigan not going to drop where, something along the way? The, where's the game? It's at Ohio State. Not going to happen. Not, so Ohio I, I think you're right. Going to be late off, 17. And off of last year's loss. What's, what's the game of the year line? Look ahead line, 13 and a half. 13 and a half. So they're, so they're going to win 80% of the time. But if they lose. What's the money line conversion on that? Minus 550 is the money line. Then this is value. So it's, so it's 85%. <laughs> Well, they got to beat Wisconsin in the Big Ten title uh, game. Oh, they got to beat Graham playing, Mertz. They're, but they're already playing Wisconsin earlier in the regular season, which they're going to win at the horseshoe anyway. Yeah. So listen, <laughs> Wisconsin again. Wisconsin stinks. Um, yeah. But the um, if if Michigan does win and they tie in conference, Michigan would would get the bid from the East if they both because it'd be a head to head. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, so so basically to do the math, we, that's what it would take. I think we're going to need Ohio State to beat Michigan, which has like an eighty-five percent chance. Call I, it ninety. Yeah. All right, and then they've got to beat Wisconsin or whoever else. Call that ninety. And let's say that's eighty-one percent. If you want to hedge out against Wisconsin, feel free. I think I'm going to let it ride. Yeah. But I think once you get to, once you get to this point, it, you're you're good with this minus two hundred. So I I agree with Sleepy on this one hundred percent. Yeah, I I think it's a solid pick. It's just. You know, it's terrible. I'm saying he's making this a little bit late, and it's like uh, it's August 15th. I know. It's like it's still pretty early, and you know it's only going higher, right? Yeah. All right. Let's look at real quick. Ohio State to (laughs) on DraftKings right now. Ohio State to make the college football playoff is minus two fifty five. What? They're minus two hundred here. The bet to win the Big Ten. They don't make the college football playoff without winning the Big Ten. Well, no, they could. They could. No. They could. It's not happening. It's very unlikely. It's they would happening. They would have to go undefeated and then lose to Wisconsin or oh, Iowa or whoever. Yeah. I'll turn it around. How, yeah. do, they, how do they, I guess I'm saying, how do they win the Big Ten and not make it? It's like because they could go 9-3 and three and still win the Big Ten. Okay, yeah. But 10-2. Uh, that's the but least there is, an, there is a way to win the Big Ten At without 10 winning two. the college football playoff. There's no way to get into the college football playoff without uh, winning, winning the Big, the Big ten. ten. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the books, South Point has a prop up. Hate this prop. You hate, hate it? I hate it. So they did this. They took three groups, three pods of four teams. Pod A, Alabama, Texas, Notre Dame, Utah. That's the favorite, plus 150. Pod B, Ohio State, Clemson, A&M, Oregon, plus 200. Pod C, Georgia, 
USC, Oklahoma, Michigan, plus 250. And in the field, 18 to 1. First step, let's eliminate the field. I I don't even think it's a question. Because I, there's not another if, if you think about any possible team that could go win their conference and maybe go undefeated and and get to the college football playoff, there's no one in the Big Ten that's not I'm talking about the teams that are not listed in those first three groups. There's no one in the Big Ten. There's NC State maybe in the ACC. You want and, to say, and even if they make it, they're still going to be eighteen to one because exactly. they got to win two well, games. Inter State or Miami? Those, are, those, the odds on those are, are ridiculous. Yeah. We're not. You, you can't bet. Right. Those so we numbers. can we can discuss yeah. this. Yeah. NC State, but, Miami, NC State, Miami, and then the Big Twelve. You'd say Baylor, Oklahoma State. Yeah, and maybe Florida. Maybe Florida in the, in the SEC. SEC. Here, here's it. why the Hall of Fame odds makers put up a stupid prop, in my opinion. Um, here's what would have been a clever prop. All right, uh, Pod A, Alabama. Pod B, Ohio State and Clemson. Pod C, Georgia. Utah. No, just Georgia. Pod D, everybody else. (laughs) That, I think, would have been kind of a clever thing to discuss. It would have been much more clean cut. And you can say, because obviously Alabama's the most likely. Georgia's the second most likely. And Ohio State. I think Ohio State's more likely than Georgia. All right, fair, fair. That's a good point. You're you're right, you're right. So I'm I'm going to alter you. I actually agree with you. So I say we go Alabama. We go Ohio State. We get we 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 put the Georgia Clemson tag team pair. together as okay. a pair, yep. and then we put everybody else. Now that would be kind of fun, right? To have like you see, so you get you've got you've got four teams, or yeah. you could even go Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, and then everybody else. I think if you did Which, Alabama, Ohio State, the Georgia, bet, the bet is the big four versus the field. But, the, but I think it's the big three against the field. It's, that's a real yeah. them Clemson. I, I I think I you could put SEC against the field. That I, I think all that's way better. See, this is too much noise. What? Why are you putting Notre Dame and A and M and Michigan? And none of those teams can win. It's just it just clutters. Mm-hmm. It's just clutter. Well, speaking of who can win, Scott, you found a number. Yeah. So Brett McMurphy, um, longtime college football uh, writer, did a great job on this. Tweeted out the other day. If you're looking for a national champion, history says it's going to either be Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Notre Dame, A and M, or Utah. Because since 2004. Every national champion, with the exception of two, has been ranked in the AP Top 7. The only exceptions were Auburn in 2010, the Cam Newton year. They started number 22. And Florida State in 2013 started number 11. But every other champion since 2004 has been ranked in the Top 7 of the AP poll. Those Top 7, again, uh, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Notre Dame, Texas A&M, Utah. And we okay, can the, eliminate... The teams- the Don't teams that are going to hate that are USC, USC who's fifth in the yep. title odds, and then Oklahoma and Michigan, who are tied for eighth in the title odds. But we right. can eliminate Notre Dame, Utah, and A&M, but solved by inspection. So we're down to, like, like, like what, seriously, what would the odds be? I, I want Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Georgia. What should they be versus the field? Should they be minus 800? You, More? The, minus those, 1,400? Those three teams four, versus the field? Four, four no, teams. he said four teams. I'm going to throw Clemson. Clemson could okay. win. Only four um, teams can win. I'd make the case. Then I'm, I, I think minus eight hundred's fair. I I would. I I'd lay it. That. I'd go, I'd go higher than that. I'd lay it without blinking. I think it's got to be my, at minus fifteen hundred. At least minus a thousand to fifteen hundred. I think at minus fifteen. See, wouldn't that be a clever prop? Those four teams. That's what would like, good bookmaking is. Like if the four cir- teams minus twelve hundred. Like circa take, yes no price. Like just look at the no yeah. price on you know like the. Yes, I'm gonna no, talk to like, Matt Metcalf yeah. about those four this teams. Is, 
against the field. And and uh, literally, give me a team outside the, that, those top four that's winning the national championship. Possibly Houston, the Texans. <laughs> <laughs> no, like my, look, my, look, look I, I love Utah this year. I, I do Utah, too. I think Utah wins the Pac-12. I think Utah gets into the college world playoff. And the only hurdle is week one going to Florida, right? Pretty That's big it. hurdle. They're only That's two. Huge, but they can still lose that game, win the Pac-12, and get to the college world playoff. Doubtful. It could happen. Eleven the and that, one. The, the problem is they'd be losing to an SEC team. Yes. So now we got two Correct. SECs in, and we got Ohio State in. Correct. We only got one lottery ticket. Yes. Left. But would you take a one-loss ACC champ, depending on what that Clemson loss is, or what the NC State loss is, or do you take the one-loss? Utah team that lost on the road to Florida in the swamp. In the first week. In the first week. It depends. Remember, it's better to lose early than lose late in college yeah. football. And losing in week one in Florida might be the best loss in the country compared to the other team's losses. They, they, it depends the resume that gets built, obviously. Well, sure. Yeah. How they good. have they to need, run the table. They, 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 they have well, to they, beat well, everybody. They, well, they yeah. need, they, not just that, they need USC to run the table, and then they need to yeah, beat yeah, USC. And, and, yeah, they so need they, need, them, they yes. need a big, impressive yes. top five win. But I love Utah. I, lo- I think Kyle Whittingham is the best coach in that conference. Cameron Rising, Dark Horse, Heisman trophy candidate. But they're not winning the national title. Exactly. When it comes to Utah going up, look at what happened against the champ. Where's the final four? Where are the games? Um, twenty. What is this? Twenty twenty three. People say I'm shouting at the rain, but I but but I, I'm sure it's like the finals are like probably in Atlanta or somewhere. It's SoFi Stadium. It's uh, L. A. Oh, really? Yeah. That's well, where that's, the championship. Is. That's where so the that's championship. A, that's is. A, you know, it's a big benefit. The uh, is. the playoffs are going to be the Fiesta Bowl and the Peach Bowl. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, so. that's actually good. That the fact so that they would Fiesta. play in, they would play in the Fiesta Bowl in Arizona and then the national championship. On because pa- most in, in, in most years, I mean, if you're going to try to win a championship in Atlanta or something, forget mm-hmm. about it. Yes, you know, like you've already got everything against you, and you're already. And now think about like if they're the geographical team that's like the team that has to travel to the Fiesta Bowl to play against them. Anyway, but um, I think that what was I saying when it comes? Look at what happened last year in the Rose Bowl against Ohio State backups. Yeah, right. Like we thought, I was all over Utah that game. Everyone was all yeah. over Utah that game, and the Ohio State. Backups were able to make it's too much. Hey, at least they don't have it like in Indianapolis. I hate the city of Indianapolis. You know, Kurt Vonnegut once said, "The largest city in America without a navigable waterway," I believe. Um, And they want to have like, oh, let's have the college football. You know what, Indianapolis and middle winter freezing. I get that. Here's my argument for Indianapolis as as a site for these things is as a media person. Like the the great thing is being in a place that's convenient, right? Screw the fans; they don't matter as long as you're comfortable in your hotel and you can walk and get all your press conferences. That's who I am. Fez. That's, that's that's all. That's I'm important. not Joe fan. Yeah, I can't worry about them. We don't want the fans being able to go to Newport. It's not my problem. We don't want them to go to Newport Beach or Miami. You don't Beach think? I mean, the fans enjoy their vacation. You think we the want fans to stick want to them stay in freezing Indianapolis? Yeah. I guess they could drive to Dayton, Ohio, and get Marion's Pizza, which is really good. But they can also stay in a hotel that's walking distance from the uh, and never from have the stadium. To go outside. Yeah, yeah, stay at a crappy, stay at a crappy Marriott or whatever it is. Don't stay, don't stay at Monarch Beach down in Dana Point and the Rose Bowl. Oh, listen, you're talking about fans right? now. Ah, uh, Fez, not every fan has the kind of bankroll you've got for hotel stays. The crappy Marriott's nice for some of these fans. Don't you got to use comps? I'm stuff? sure there's like the special bed. And, I just saw an Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> they have this like a bed and breakfast where they have like they have air mattresses that you can stay like in San Francisco now, where there's like you, you just make friends and everyone sleeps on an air mattress. <laughs> All right, Ellen said it must be true. The bottom line is Utah going up against any of those teams in a playoff game is a significant underdog. Agree. And so name me another team that's going to beat either Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, or Clemson. 
Notre Dame, we've seen that before. Notre Dame's not the answer. Notre Dame's not the answer. Uh, Unless you tell me that Caleb Williams and USC become this world-beater team, which I don't see happening. No. I'll tell you who has the best – it might be Michigan. They're the only ones who've got players that can play with those guys. But then we I saw. I don't know what's going to happen with Michigan's offense. That was their this chance year. last. I think. I think you're yeah. right. It you was know, their they, chance. Joe, Joe Gatt, uh, Gaddis is gone now. The offensive yeah. coordinator. I don't know what they're going to get out of McNamara. I, I'm down on Michigan this year, to be honest with you. Miami, but and look Florida. at Michigan's schedule. Michigan. Miami, Miami. If they win the listen, if, if Miami the could SEC, be good, Tyler Hurricanes. Everyone is all over this but kid to win the Heisman. I, I still don't think they're beating Alabama. I, I'm I with agree. you guys. I, so. Here's the here's what I looked at with that. You can cross off the third the third prop, the Georgia group, yeah. Because there's not another team that I even want to consider. the The first group I, I have to keep taking seriously because it's got Alabama in it, and I think Alabama's. This gonna is win. so stupid. Alabama's just, winning. No, what, no wait, this is all stupid. It's because <laughs> it's it, it's like these other teams are irrelevant. It's Alabama, it's Alabama. against Ohio State yes. against it's, Georgia. But, it's, but, it's, that's, it's just, but with Ohio it's State, no way you to get, make the creeps like lay like an with Ohio State, you get Clemson too. Instead of betting a yes no on these. With teams. Ohio State, you get Clemson too. Well, that and that is that is clever. Like like I said, to say and and maybe Clemson should have been slotted in with Georgia. And that's it. Yeah, I would have been more interested in that Georgia Clemson group right. then because I think if you'd put an Alabama by themselves, Ohio State by themselves, and then Georgia and Clemson together, I think it would have been relatively close. But as it's built, I, I there's no value. You know what I, I can't stand is when people say stuff like, oh, bet A&M. All they got to do is make the Final Four, and then you can earn. Yeah, you can you can earn a lot with the team catching 17 in the Final Four. Yeah. Good luck with that. You could have earned a lot last year with Cincinnati. Let's, yeah. Let's How'd be that, How'd that work out? The national championship. I, it's Alabama or Ohio State to me. I mean, it, Ohio State's offense is ridiculous. It's, but It's going to happen. The Alabama's winning the national championship. I, I tend to agree. They lost it last year. Nick Saban, I'll throw, I'll throw Nick Saban does not like losing back-to-back. No. Two bets they just made? They'll win this year. Head-to-head matchup. I like both of these a lot. William Hill, Alabama. Who's going to win more games, Alabama or Tampa Bay? Alabama. I took, Alabama. I took Alabama plus money, plus 105. Yeah. Oh, wow. Alabama, because I like Alabama over 11. Yeah, of course. And I don't like Tampa Bay to go over 11. And it's so, regular season only. doesn't count, regular the, season doesn't only. count the SEC. Second challenge. one, Georgia against the Rams. I got Georgia minus 120. Okay. Love that bet. Because you know why? Because I like Georgia over 11. And I like the I love the Rams under eleven. I, I like the Rams a little bit under ten and a half. So okay. pure pure number play. Just and and it makes sense that well, why did they misprice this so much? Because all the money rightfully is going on Georgia and Alabama, and I'm pissed off. I'm angry, Scott. I'm angry that I didn't get around to playing the over ten and a half season win for both those teams, like minus two hundred, and now it's gone through the roof and it's it, it's not coming back. And here's a way I can get out Alabama and Georgia such that when Georgia's they win, going undefeated. Well, yeah, when they win every game by yeah. forty, I don't feel like a fool. Like why didn't I bet Georgia over ten and a half? Well, now I have bet Georgia because all I got to do is watch them go twelve and zero and watch the Rams go under twelve wins. They're twelve and zero. They have their toughest game. They have the Oregon game, which is what that's going to be in uh, Atlanta. So it's pretty much a, yeah, a home, home game, game for them, right? Yeah. And then the Florida game is in Jacksonville, so it's neutral site, and that's it. They yeah. have one tough road game. They go to Kentucky at the end of the season, but I don't think Kentucky's going to have the success that they had last season. So be the upset of the decade. Where's how are they losing? They're not. they're not losing the game. Yeah, they're losing. They're, they're losing Alabama. the SEC, the SEC championship. championship. They're going to lose the SEC championship game yeah. to Alabama, and then or they're going to and then they, no, they're going to win the SEC championship. And then they're going to lose Alabama, in the finals. And then they lose in the semifinals. No, they won't play in the. They, they, they will not play in the semis. No, no way gonna, they'll play in the semis. They're not going to play that against Alabama. I'm saying they'll yeah. lose to Ohio State in the oh, semifinals, yeah, that, yeah. and then Alabama beats Ohio State in the national championship. Why? Game. They really don't have to play the season because what Scott just said, of course, is obvious. Put a boat. 
Put yep. a bow. It's Georgia, over. Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC Done. championship game. Alabama wins national. Look how stupid over, college Johnny. football has become where, like, there's three there's three and a half teams that could win the championship. Well, it's all stupid. Josh Allen's going to win the MVP. Yeah, I mean, but, but <laughs> literally, there's four teams that can win the championship. The season is over. I don't care if you're high in USC, high in Texas. Yeah, your season's over. Yep. I agree. Yeah. No, I, I do. All right. Let's, uh, we got one more thing to get into before we get out of here. I want to talk some baseball. The New York Yankees. Scott, you and I talked about this a little bit on SOV today. So the Yankees have not been good since the All-Star break. Nope. Uh, this is a we're, – we're now getting into – I don't want to call it quite a collapse, but – It's a lull. It, uh, it's a big lull. And it's gotten even worse, like, in their last 12, 13 games. Yeah, 2, uh, two and, and 10, 10 in their last 12 games, 8 and 16 since the All-Star break. They have been shut out four times in their last nine games. And not going to get shut out tonight. They put a run on the board. On an error. But, and they broke a streak of 22 scoreless innings. But they are still down in the seventh inning here. Yes. So you're saying there's a scoreless streak of 23 innings without an earned run. Yeah. Yeah. So... And it's actually continuing, so it's actually would be 23, 24, it'll be 25 innings, I guess, without an earn, without an earned run. So since then, you're looking at the, the Yankees at the All-Star break, you could have got them at plus 400. Now they're plus 430. It, wow, what a big jump. There's, I mean, it's not moving. It's not moving, no. Explain. Because when healthy, this is still the best lineup in baseball. Okay. In the American League. Here was my counterpunch to the Yankees on SOV. The Yankees this season, the reason why they were 14-1 to at the beginning of the year, because their pitching staff was Garrett Cole and a bunch of question marks. And early in the year, all of the question marks came up heads. Well, yeah, every, every Esther Cortez was a revelation, and yeah, and Jameson Tyone was insane. And yeah, yeah, Luis Severino even was mm-hmm. eight. He was healthy, and yeah. he was good. So every maybe pitcher that the Yankees had mm-hmm. was a yes now and those yeses are turning the yeses are turning back into pumpkins mm-hmm. I, I think that the Yankees I, I think the Yankees should probably be around six to one seven to one I think the Yankees are I don't know if there's massive separation between Dodgers Astros Mets and then Yankees but there certainly should be separation in my mind yes um I would say. Right now, the Astros would be a pick for me above the Yankees. But if the Yankees get healthy and DJ LeMayhew and John Carlos Stanton are back in the lineup and Harrison Bader makes his Yankees debut and Luis Severino comes off the I.L. and returns to form and the Yankees have a four-man rotation in the playoffs of Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, Frankie Montas, and Severino, or even if they want to, you know, take Cortez out of that piece and put Tyone in and have Cortez come out of the bullpen or whatever they decide to do with those four pitchers or have Severino out of the bullpen and just have, you know, the four starters with Severino out of the bullpen. I think the Yankees, when 100% healthy, should be the pick to represent the American League. But right now, they're not 100% healthy. No. And I don't know if they're going to be. Yeah. I mean, rarely are you. But if you're lining up these teams right now, today, the Astros are better. The Astros are, Yeah. They're head and shoulders above. The Astros are better. All right. If I gave you right now a Dodgers-Yankees combo or Astros-Mets combo, win the World Series, which side are you taking? I'd go Astros-Mets. Because you like the Mets, right? I like the Mets a lot. And I think the Yankees-Astros is a coin flip. When that series happens, it's going to be the team that has home field advantage that's going to be the favorite in the series. And if that team is the Astros, they're going to be favored over the Yankees. 
and you're down. I guess. I guess. Are you down on the Dodgers? Or I you think just... not getting Walker Bueller back is a big blow to them. Uh, they're still incredible. They're the best yeah. team in baseball. They're they're out of this world. But in the postseason, if Clayton Kershaw doesn't come back, you know the, the pitching staff is going to take a little bit of a hit. Uh, on, a new, on a neutral Mets Dodgers, who's favorite? Dodgers. Well, who's pitching? If it, is it is Scherzer and Degrom? Of course. Then the Mets will be favored in those two games. But it wasn't the question on a neutral. Oh. Who is favored in the in a series? They say that. in a series. Yep. On a neutral, that should determine. Dodgers minus one twenty five. Too close to call, right? Isn't yeah. it crazy? Like Dodgers that... minus one forty five because they get home field. Yeah. Too high minus one forty. A little public money, but yeah. but but basically throw a blanket over them. They're almost equal. They're almost equal playoff teams, even though the Dodgers will win more games in the regular season, right? Yeah. yeah. Think about how good the Dodgers would be if they had Trevor Bowers in a seven games. Oh yeah. Like they've got their bet, like one of the best pitchers in, in the world, in just a, rotting, in and they, they seven, can't use it. In them. a seven-game series, you have to face. Now the Mets are getting banged up. Now uh, they just lost Cook. Carlos Carrasco left the game yeah. yesterday early. Taiwan Walker left the game tonight early. So their pitching staff is starting to get hurt, which but, is dangerous. But, but as long as a, Atlanta if, doesn't, if, if everything's healthy in four-game series, you have Degrom and Scherzer pitching. Uh, excuse me, a seven-game series pitching four of those seven games with Edwin Diaz pitching as well as he is out of the bullpen. Yeah, this Mets team can can beat anybody, even the Dodgers. Yes. Yeah, Clay Holmes. Uh, McKenzie sent me this. Clay Holmes pre All Star break had a one point three ERA. Yeah, it was like three something post. It's been eight point two posts. Bad. Yep. But his career four point two. He's turning into what he's supposed to yeah. be. All these Yankees pitchers are turning into what they're supposed to be, except for Garrett Cole, who's now less than what he should mm-hmm. be. I missed a bet. I'm so pissed I didn't make this. Team to have more wins end of the regular season. Mets were paired against the Yankees. This was on Sunday. It opened minus 130 at William Hill. It went to minus 200, so I let it go. Mm. The Mets are winning more games than, than the Yankees. Yankees, right. the Yankees have the harder division. And yep. I think you're reeling. right. I, I mean, I, I, I think the Mets are going to win by beat the Yankees by six games. The, the Yankees division, there's one team under 500 right now, the Red Sox. Everybody else is above 500. Like, there's no... Baltimore's and, playing lights out. Yeah, Toronto sucks. Toronto's going to be a 500 team. They the wheels could come off. There's no gimmies though for the Yankees. Like every every game in division is a grind because mm-hmm. the Red Sox. Even when the Red Sox stink, they're going to grind the Yankees. Uh, yeah, Mets projected by is 538. Yes. Yeah. So Yankees uh, 99 wins. Mets 103. And I can't believe I didn't bet that. And I it was an example. I should have laid minus 200. So the Yankees have the um, 18th most difficult uh, schedule remaining in baseball. So average schedule. And the Mets have the one, two, three, fourth easiest schedule remaining in baseball. The Uh Mets' remaining schedule, six against the Nationals, three against the A's, seven against the Pirates, three against the Cubs, four against the Rockies, five against the Marlins. Now, if they have to face Alcantara in the Marlins games, you know, we'll see. But, yeah, the the Marlins have have gone from an average to a bad team. The Washington's the worst team in baseball. They have – the Mets have the fourth easiest schedule, a combined opponent's winning percentage of 474. Yeah. Okay. We got anything else? You got any – listen, here's what I'm going to offer you guys. Next week – we're there's only two weeks left before our regular previews. Our regular uh, with the pod's going to move to Wednesday night, and we're going to be doing our, you know, in three weeks we move to Wednesday night. Well, two more episodes, yes, and then we'll Tuesday. move to Wednesday yeah. night. So we've got two more Tuesday night episodes that we're going to record next week. We're going to do the NFC. We're going to have we're going to go through every division. We're going to have a, a buy team, a sell team, and two neutrals. The week after that, we're going to do the AFC. That's going to take up most of the shows in the next two weeks. 
Do we have anything else NFL we need to get out before we get into the regular season? Yeah, and I'm just going to summarize. Okay. Um, overs are 14 and three in the preseason. Why is this happening? Because teams are converting at a rate on third downs that are unrealistic and fourth down. So the yards per play, um, Adam Chernoff tweeted this out. They're up slightly, five yards per play instead of 4.7. So teams are throwing a little more. And teams aren't, didn't treat week one as a complete throwaway week. And I think that's kind of a metamorphosis of, oh, we only have three games in preseason. Mm-hmm. We're going to evaluate some of our – we want to evaluate our quarterbacks. We have fewer games. Bottom line is the totals – this week average about 40 they're being dealt the average total the last two years week two of preseason the the point of um, 50 50 where half the games go over half go under we're at 34 and a half and 37 and a half and now we're at 40 so i think you should look to play unders selectively also, play some unders and also this week all these teams are having joint practices so the starters are getting look against live opponents yeah in these joint practices which means they don't need to play the starters in these games because they've already, evaluated. They've already yeah. evaluated them all week in these joint practices. And you got situations like the 49ers, Trey Lance already played. Now yep. he's not going to play. So I think I think if you blindly, there's you know, 16 games. I I would guess that nine and seven to the under this week. And okay. So selectively look to play unders, especially the totals that are above 40. I believe week one of the preseason, which has always been like, I mean, you see what these totals get dealt at. They're like 33, and you're like, how can that be a football game? But I I think that. That's going to have to change. I think teams, like you said, I think teams are going to start evaluating their first-team offense earlier in the season because they've got one less week to do it. So we're going to start to see more offense early on in the preseason. And then that if you have an injury, a la Zach Wilson, you, you've got some time to recover. Well, and also, that's, that was kind of serves as a reminder, oh, better if you're the Jets, better not get more guys on offense injured. Yep. So you got mm-hmm. you got to expect, you know, some teams are going to be like, oh, just get out of here healthy, um, and because of that, like, like I, there's just such a difference between 34 and 41 in terms of totals, and we saw this already. Basically, every total that didn't have a Kansas City Chief, you know, game on it that was above 41, we saw sharp money, bing, blink, and and it moves now. There's yeah. been a, there's been a fundamental shift in terms of it used to be these numbers would just leak, they'd move slowly, and now all hell is breaking loose. And I'll, I'll give credit to like if if you want to win. And and you're at and you've got tons of outs and you're available twenty four seven. Get the hitman. The hitman. The hitman's the best choice because why is the hitman the best choice? Because the hitman gives out Indianapolis plus three and a half, and other guys give out Indianapolis plus two. Which would you rather have? Well, I tell you what. When Indy loses by three. By three, you would rather have the plus three and a half. Sure. Now, now that doesn't happen that often, so the numbers don't ma- seem to matter that much. But I, I, I assure you that you're going to get frustrated. The hitman's going to give out plays. You're going to have trouble getting down if you're not if you're in the bathroom and five minutes have gone by and now you're, the numbers gone. You're going to say I can't get his numbers. Well, the numbers are there. They're just there for only seconds. Guess why they're only there for seconds? Because the dude wins, and he wins big. And that's why in the beat the hitman contest, there's going to be a thousand guys trying to beat him. Bold prediction, no one beats the hitman, and no one gets the $500 bonus. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. <laughs> you take your $500, and that's all you get because the hitman's going to beat you all. You got any more NFL before uh, before we, we get into these previews next week? I'm good. Mackenzie, you good? Good. All right, Fizz, send us home. All right. Hey, hey, let's be careful out there. See you next week. 